Hello and welcome to episode 45 of the Cadaver Lab Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Sam. And uh, wow, have we got a lot to talk about today. We do? Yeah. Dude, I've got a huge list of stuff. Oh, I thought you were going to have a huge something else. That's awesome. <laughs> Way to start out the show. Let's just get right into it. I mean, basically, we're doing Friday the 13th, 7, 8, and 9. And because of the rich plot lines and uh, deep symbolism within all those movies, we are just going to go deep. So we might as well get started to make time for all that. Yes. Nothing? No. <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay, I just wanted to, just, just before we start out, I, there was a couple of things that we wanted to talk about. Well, I wanted to talk about. Um, first of all, um, all the music today that we're going to be having for the show is provided by Left for Dead, which is a Salt Lake horror punk band. Another one. Cool, Which man. is actually on the um, Dr. Cyclops Records label. Which is uh, the, some of the guy, a couple of guys from Die Monster Die run that label, mm. and so just so you know, all the music there is uh, Left for Dead. Uh, go visit uh, DrCyclopsRecords.com for all that. Secondly, we got. Um, I feel like we, I feel like we went into this kind of fast. Really? Yeah. I don't know. We're all business. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think if anything happened to me. I, I ate all you can eat sushi today. Yeah, well, I was with you. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, you forgot already. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else going on. I don't. Oh, you know what? what? You know what we should. You know what we should talk about. What is uh, paranormal activity? I have not seen that. BS. I haven't seen that. Paranormal. Not paranormal activity. Uh, fourth kind. Fourth kind. Oh yeah, we could. Definitely. I kept. I kept getting. I get those two mixed up all the time. I don't know why. I'm in the middle of paranormal activity right now. Are you? Mm-hmm. How are you liking it so far? Uh, I got a little scared, so I turned it off. Really? Yeah. You know, I will be honest with you. Those the realistic stuff like that kind of it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Like I know it's fake. Yeah, but it still freaks me out a little bit. I don't, I don't know why. I don't. I start getting uptight and nervous. Like I woke up in the middle of the night last night, thinking I was hearing doors closing, and like it really, it, you, it really scared me. Are you being me. serious? I'm being dead serious. You know what the funny thing is? Is I. I mean, okay. So, I think with my logical mind, and I think, and I'm, as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is kind of dumb. I don't care about these people. The dude was a dickhead in there. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is I had my headphones on. I had it on a laptop sitting on my on my uh, belly while I'm laying in bed watching it. And uh, every once in a while, I had to like pull out my, my, my earphones to see if the noises that were in them <laughs> were going on outside. So, right. So I'm just like, what the? You know? and, and it ends up, I didn't love the movie, but... I mean, it got me a couple of times, and I didn't. I didn't see the theatrical version. I saw one of the other versions. Oh, uh, the the ending with the where the cops were involved is that the one you don't know? I haven't yet. seen it. That's right. I'm, you I'm don't way, know. I'm yet. about. I'm about a third of the way in. Well, so yeah. So I don't know yet, but I'll tell you what. I think a lot of the reason that I was that uh, I enjoyed it as much as I did, and I guess I don't know how much that's saying, is because I watched it on my own. Mm-hmm. You know. In the middle of the night by myself. Yeah. And that was, and I, and I don't know, maybe, uh, you know, the thing is, is people are back and forth on paranormal activity. So it's, you know, some people think it's really, really dumb. Some people think it's really awesome. Hmm. So I don't know. I, I haven't really talked to, talked to anybody about it, like in person or anything yeah. like that. I've just, you know, heard tweets and Facebook and, you know, other, other places online, but <clears throat> who knows? Anyways, the fourth kind. Yeah. Again, this is one of those, if I think back on the movies that really scare me, uh-huh. The fourth kind really scared me. Really? And and Wreck, it's the same oh, well, type of Rec, thing. Well, Wreck was really, really scared, scared me. Yeah. It's that type. You know, the first time I watched The Blair Witch, 
really scary. You know what's funny about the Blair Witch is I sat through the whole thing thinking this was stupid, this was stupid. Until have I mentioned this before on the I, show? I don't know. But all of a sudden, the last like the last little you know two seconds of the of the movie, yeah. like caught me off guard and I got freaked out. Well, you know why I, why I was so scared was I keep waiting for something to happen because I'm watching uh-huh. and the camera just kind of swings around and you're seeing every you know normal stuff like with the Blair Witch. The thing that, that had me on my nerves the whole time, really scary, uh-huh. was that they'd show out in the woods and I kept waiting to see something. Like, right. you're going to catch a glimpse of something really scary. Right. And I just was bracing myself the whole time and it never came and that's why when I go watch it again, it's not scary so that, because I know. So I can see it build a little bit of tension. But that, and that's what it was with Wreck, you know? And then this too with Paranormal Activity... It's oh shit! What am I going to see? And and with the fourth kind, which we're going to talk about here, it was the same thing because you have this real footage yeah. of this stuff going on, and you're like, oh shit! What am I going to see? You know, with the fourth kind, I I wasn't a big fan of the fourth kind. I mean, mm-hmm. it, there, it had its parts, and and uh, and there was the girl that was sitting next that to you awesome. by you who was, was all awesome. freaked out about it. There was a lot of people that were really freaked out, right, really? right around me over here. Like this, this the right next to me, there was a couple. And well, you know, the you know, guy, the guy would all, say oh. he did just. He would just lay down like the like the worst swearing. <laughs> oh, really? And then his wife would every time it get scary, like that they were going to interview somebody or hypnotize somebody, uh-huh. she'd she'd wrap around him and then put her head down on his shoulder. Are you serious? Yeah, they, and then and then the people making comments, like, I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> oh my just, gosh! Because the thing, it's so funny. One good thing about going to that movie is we got to go to a, a scr- uh, like a screen pre-screen, pre-screen pre-screen thing, and so there were people in the theater who. We're basically checking to make sure no one's talking and no one's using their things. Well, at least you can't, they, if you showed your cell phone, they would fine you ten thousand dollars or something. No, they wouldn't. Yeah, really? Yeah. I how did I didn't hear that? Yeah, they they talked about that. Oh, like okay. when you came in, they were handing out papers and stuff like that because they didn't want any footage or anything. Coming, oh, right. coming out before the movie did. And well, so they said well, they that would makes fine sense. You. Okay. Yeah. The, the thing is, is. First of all, that was that's the way to watch a movie. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, I, obviously, no one they don't have to be people don't have to be silent in the theater as long as they're into the movie. Yeah. And enjoying it, and their and their reaction is is genuine from the movie. Now, first, so th- this I mean, it was good to see. It was a big screen. It was a packed theater of people who were actually there to see a movie. And it was dead silent. And it was dead silent. It, it was silent. My, you know what? I was I was kind of enjoying. You know what? Should we say a spoiler here? Sure. A spoiler for one minute. I was kind of into it and into it, and then all of a sudden, I can't remember exactly what it was, but all of a sudden, it snapped to me, and I just went, okay, this is the real spoiler. All these so-called real-life uh, interviews and stuff, that's all fake. Yeah. This is all I had the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, so, and I was really into it until all that, and I'm just like, oh, that's bullshit. Yeah, but I <laughs> so, caught and it too And late. I lost it. I caught it right as the uh, dude called the psychologist over. Uh-huh. And had remembered what he said or what he saw, uh-huh. and then just freaked out. That that it scared me. <laughs> but that's when I was like, "Hold on a second, yeah, hold yeah, on, yeah. wait a second. This is not because even though, yeah, it, it was just so. The thing is, I hadn't done any research on the movie or anything, so I, I assumed that it was all real. And then once yeah. the next day, I went out and well, and you looked it up. Well, here's <laughs> here's what happened. So I leaned over to Paul in the middle of the movie, and I'm like, you know that this is fake, right? I'm trying to convince myself because if it was not fake, I was going to dig a hole and live in it for the rest of my <laughs> life. Because this movie, that's how I had to deal with this. Because I'm like, if this shit is real, like if if there's really unexplained shit going on and people are seeing owls and I don't know whatever else, right? 
I don't know if I'm going to be able to function because I'm always going <laughs> to, if I wake up at 3.30 in the morning, I've, I'm going to have to go shoot up with medication. <laughs> so <laughs> Shoot up with medication? Like Who's pop, your doctor? Pop a, pop oh, a few Xanax. I thought, you're like, I no. thought your doctor's giving you sur- <laughs> used syringes and all no. Pop a few Xanax that I got pocketed. Wow, but, so, but I called my wife when we left. I'm like, "Are you gonna, are you going to be awake for a little bit? Because I got to come home and I need to look on the computer for a little bit. But I can't do that if no one's awake." Are you? <laughs> yeah. So I went home. <laughs> so I, she was luckily she was awake. So I went straight to the computer and started researching. And I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that's not." This is well, not you know real. what's funny is is uh, I was actually watch, looking at this this today. I don't, I don't know why. It wasn't we. I wasn't planning on talking talking about it on the show or anything like that. But um, I went to I went to Google Maps and looked up Nome, Alaska. Mm-hmm. It is completely flat and arid well, and ugly. There's a there was a, one of the posters that I one of the postings that I saw uh-huh. about the movie was a guy that says I'm from Nome, Alaska. That there's no shit like that that goes on. There's beautiful. a lot of people In that disappear. There's a lot of people that disappear up here, but it's because they're alcoholics and all sorts oh, right. of stuff. He's like, so you know that's all fake. He's like, and by the way, on that movie they show him flying in on a helicopter in uh-huh. the mountains. We live in the flattest place in Alaska. Yeah. There's, there's no mountains at all. So, it's, you know. Oh, in in from Google Earth, it just looked like a barren, brown, yeah. ugly, whatever. I mean, it was in the middle of nowhere. Right. I mean, it was. I couldn't imagine living there. It would be wild. But um, also, I also read an article. I just searched for Nome, Alaska, uh-huh. and I I read this article about how some of the newspapers. I don't know if they're. I I can't remember if they're from Nome. But um, like a, a couple of Alaskan newspapers are actually suing the film. I, I'm not exactly sure because they they took the the real papers and put the fake um, news articles oh, in they them. They did? put them on they put them online and you, can't you know do sometimes that. no. So anyways, you know the thing is is it wasn't like that freaking bad of a movie. It was there was a couple of things in it where like some of the editing and some of the film style got a little irritating. Well, but it was effective in some places and in other places it was just like. I, I just remembered what it was that set me off to when I was like, this is fake. Uh-huh. It's when they when they uh, rammed down the Sumerian alien theory. Uh-huh. When they rammed that down my throat saying that the aliens were speaking Sumerian, I was like, okay, this <laughs> this has an agenda, and this is fake. Well, aliens, what agenda? Well, I mean, what? Because that's a theory of where the aliens came from. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's this big theory that because like, and he's he's right in the in some of those old. Uh, I see. So and some so, of those so old it's based. Uh, yeah. on, it's too conveniently based off of right. a, a pre existing. Yeah, because in the old pictures that they have and some of the carvings, yes, there are things that look like rockets in it, but a lot of people say it's like to, to me they look like carrots. Stuff. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> flying carrots. But the thing is, is they start ramming that down your throat, and I'm like, no, come on, this is not. I'm not gonna. I I don't know. I I. I guess I wasn't sure, but I started. I really started thinking it was fake when, when uh, I don't know when they even with the first interview with that lady, it just did not seem real to me. So I, I don't. They know. ended up being a little too polished. Yeah, yeah. If, I, if our if our dumbass eyes can spot that halfway through that this is all fake, <laughs> yeah. then you know, yeah, you know we, what, we've though? been spoiling it for the last five minutes for anybody. <laughs> so people have come back from our spoiler <laughs> alert, and it's still and getting still, spoiled. It's fake. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what the thing is? Is I think it'll still be fun to watch. I think my wife. I haven't told her it's fake. So, yeah, I haven't told her. There's another guy that wants to go see it, and uh-huh. I'm like, dude, it's real. <laughs> I I researched that shit, and it is real. And so, because he, he's not going to go look it up. Right. He just knows it's going to be a scary move. We're going to go in there, and he's going to come out with wet pants. Oh, really? Yeah. You going to go with him again? Yeah. Really? Yep. Uh, I don't know if I could sit through And I'm going to jump even higher on the parts so that it'll scare him even worse. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of there were a couple of visuals in there that really got you. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. It was yeah. it was scary. 
Anyway, yeah, I, okay, so that's better. We didn't just jump right into the news yeah, or whatever. No, that's good. So. I keep getting people trying to get me to go see Michael Jackson's This Is It. Well, you know, by being an examiner, we could go for free. We get free tickets for that. I'm not going to see that. I don't want to see it. I'm not seeing that. Who, you, who wants to get you to go to see this? Uh, I think Nambla. people? It was Nambla. Oh, Nambla. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you on their mailing list? <laughs> I may get some promotion material here and there. I don't know how I got it. I don't know where they got my name. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's bad. Oh, um... Not, not not to abruptly change the subject away from you no know, I can't wait till we get our to our voicemails because they just talk about stuff that it's like oh my gosh we deserve that shit <laughs> anyway wanted to announce that um, Sean Gabrin has uh, released his short stack five which uh, you can go to angrygnomecomics.com go check that out what's so great about the short stack five Samuel that we're in it we're in it yeah. So yeah, go check that out. Let's support Sean. Also, uh, uh, we Sam and I are actually in one of the uh, short stories called "The Duel." I'm I, I think it's like pretty badass. That's cool, man. That, that uh, first of all, that we're in a comic book period, but it's just a it's just a badass story too. Yeah. Even though uh, Sean was asking me which guy I wanted to be, and I'm like, I want to be the one that smashes this guy's face in. But that was you. Yes. Damn you. Yes. You took it. Just teasing. That's cool. You, it's a, oh okay. So oh, I really it, is me. But it's out, yeah. But it's Good. out, and you can go, you can go check it out. AngryGnomeComics dot com. Let's see. And also, w- update on the t shirts. I actually bought one. It's coming to my house. That's awesome. So I want to check out the, uh, I want to check out the quality and whatever, and to see if it's, if it's, if it's, it's cheap. So if it sucks, yeah, you know, whatever. I, you know, I don't know if we want to do. It. We'll, we'll figure something out. But anyways, we're still working on that. Um, cadaver tracks. Unfortunately, we don't have a promo to play. Oh. Uh, uh, Greg is just too busy. He's he's in school still, so you know he's got a family and all this stuff. By the way, his wife, he, he made his wife friend me on Facebook. Yeah, and then like in a in a uh, uh, no no no, he told me like kind of as a joke to go request a friend with his wife. And so he made his wife be friends with me on Facebook. Yeah, and like her first message was like, just so you know. Greg made me do this, <laughs> so just keep that in mind, okay? Dick. She didn't say dick, but uh, yeah. So hey, thanks a lot, Greg. Nice. Yeah, that, that's that's really comfortable for me now. That's that's just gonna be weird <laughs> every time you see your stuff. All right, so we have Cadaver Tracks. Tamara's should be out in the next four or five days. Um, the next movie that we're doing is Zombie Two, which should be which is due November twenty first of, of uh, this month. So what what it's the eleventh twelfth now. So I mean, there there isn't a whole lot of days left before that one gets. So hurry and get your, um, watch the movie, record yourself, send it over to Ferguson. Uh, yeah, that seems a little quick, doesn't it? It is quick. Anyway, so everybody, we we got to have you on this, and all you people who have committed to do it, we're we're going to hold you to it. Uh, I can't wait for the Tamra to come out. That one's, I think that one's going to be hilarious because yeah. that one is that one's ripe for a lot of uh, mockery. I guess you could say. Especially because you took so many copious notes on that. Dude, you know what? It was awesome. You know what? You were me? so prepared. I Come on. I need a little help. I need I need a... To be funny, I need... And it was. I need a cheat sheet. Okay, you got a problem when with that? When you had me laughing, I'm like, that guy is so quick. And then I look over and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's got his crib sheet. Oh, oh yeah, right. Like, you do, I had you turn on the clock, so I knew where we were. So, <laughs> so I time-stamped every one of my jokes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, now everybody's going to think it's going to be all cool, and when they come out, they're going to be so disappointed in it. Anyways, thanks for thanks for putting that uh, pressure on me. Yeah, you're thanks welcome. Thanks a lot, dude. You're welcome. Um, so, let's see. 
both Sam and I actually have had a chance. We mentioned this book a couple of times. Uh, it's called Zombies. Encounters with the Hungry Dead. And, uh, you know, the, a couple of good things about this book. I've only had a chance to read one of the short stories, but have you? I actually went through and read all of the author's mm-hmm. intros, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I, he did a foreword. He did kind of an introduction to the book, and before every story, he does a little bit. You know, he, he just gives a little quick introduction. This guy loves his zombies, and some of these. The story I read in here was freaking disturbing, and it's the one you talked about the other day, called Lazarus. In, Lazarus, and even before the author or the the guy who put it all together was saying, this is as bleak as it gets. And I'm thinking, well, what the yeah. hell? You know, right. How bleak could it possibly be? But it was a great story. Yeah. And uh, didn't you read the second one? I did. I read the second one. I think it's called Men in the Cornfields or something like that. Let me let me look real quick. This is a big-ass Dead book. Men Working in the Cane Fields. Uh-huh. And it was really interesting because it goes into this, this guy who is talking to a Haitian. It's a white guy, and he's talking to this Haitian down in Haiti. And this Haitian is talking, they, they start talking about vampires and werewolves and stuff. And, you know, they hate, they're talking about how they're superstitious about those types of things. And then the Haitian goes into talking about something that this guy had never heard of, which is zombies. And, and talks about how these people, when they bury their dead down there, they bury them close to roads and, like, really close to their house. And after this guy's brother-in-law died, they guarded his grave for four days to make sure he was decomposed enough because people would come and revive them. And use them as slaves for labor. So they would that, they would revive them after the fact without after the fact without preparing dead. them or anything yeah. beforehand. Yeah. So they would. Yeah. Oh. That, well, that's what this guy was saying. Right. Okay. So, anyways, um, so and then they so then they would raise them up and then they would go work and the, their masters would collect all their wages, but they had to keep them away from salt and meat. And that they talked about these one zombies ended up eating salt, and then that's what they kind of triggered their brain to figure out that they were dead. Really? So they, like, scrambled back to try and find their graves and clawed at their graves to get back in so they could lay down and rot. Whoa. Yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was bizarre, but it got me really thinking about, like, I, you know, because then this guy makes a claim that zombies are real and that there's there's a place, especially, like, in Haiti, where people cause people to go comatose to the point where they almost die. It's like the serpent and the rainbow type thing. Right. Where they go comatose enough so that when they get buried and then they go get them out and then they raise them up and they're never the same they're kind of like they're kind of like vegetables but they're able to they're able to go on and do things and the guy talks about how he saw a dog that was operated on had half his brain removed and all that was left was his instincts really so he just eat and shit and be aggressive sounds like you every day i know dude (laughs) so any but it was it was interesting it was really fascinating and and I, i need to figure out find out more about this author because i don't know it says that this guy goes on a tour to try and explain some of the unexplainable oh, and uh-huh. weird. Anyways, well, I can't wait to get I, I can't wait to get into that because after reading the first one, you know what the best thing about this book is too is you get like a de- well at least from my my assumption is you get a sweet short story yeah you know and you just move through because this book is intimidating to look at it yeah <laughs> cool. but it goes quick it's like a textbook but the the story is like eight to ten pages and yeah. Good stuff. Well, that's man. awesome. I'm going to keep reading mine. Yep. Uh, remember how I said we're going to give it away as a as a prize? Too bad. I'm, no, no, no. We'll give it away after I'm done reading it. But just know it's been sitting in my bathroom for a month. Well, I was going to say everybody must know that it's flagged. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just, just kidding. We'll, we'll we'll figure something out. We I I think I'm going to want to keep my copy because uh, I don't know. After reading all the intros, it got me really stoked to read it. Yeah. So it's going to probably take me five years to read it. But anyway. Yeah. Um, all right, next item of business. Um, oh, the Keith, Keith Latch. 
putting out a new podcast, a Latchcast. Uh, basically, go to feeds.feedburner.com slash mindofmadness. Uh, he's actually podcasting his, uh, his latest called Bestseller. Um, he's actually releasing some of the old stuff too, uh, like Omega, Earth Hero. Um, I think he's planning on doing cemetery things, which, uh, in fact, I know he did because uh, I heard comments because I read one of the chapters for him on that. Mm. No, oh, that's no, no, right. no, 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 no. Oh, yo, no, yes, I did. And I also did one Omega for him too, but uh, Keith is a badass guy. Plus, he also has a bunch of short stories coming out. Um, feeds.feedburner.com slash mind of madness, all one line, or excuse me, one word. Uh, you guys will not be sorry, or I mean, I've even I even uh, a couple of days ago just listened to one of his short stories that you know I don't know maybe it was twenty minutes long, twenty five minutes long, but uh, a guy tells a great story. You know, he keeps and he's got that that big southern drawl, and so he sounds all badass. Um, anyways, that's all I've got to to start the show. I mean, you got anything else? Or should we get into voicemails? Let's do it. Hey, it's Chris from Cinema Corpse. I heard you talking a couple episodes about uh, possibly going to a horror convention. Um, I definitely think you should hit up Texas Frightmare Week in, in this April. Uh, me and Sir Robert of Cinema Corpse will definitely be there. Uh, we went to the 2008 um, Texas Frightmare, which was the... George Romero anniversary, so the cast from all of his um, Night, Dawn, Day, Land, and Diary were all there. But uh, this year has probably one of the strongest lineups I've seen um, from the likes of Doug Bradley, John Carpenter, Sid Haig, Lance Henriksen, Kane Hodder, William Catt, Bill Mosley, Betsy Palmer and also George Romero. Um, it would be really awesome if you guys were able to make it down to the Frightmare Weekend this April, or 2010. But, um, yeah, if you show up, me and Robert Cinema Course will definitely be there. All right, well, I'll talk to you later. Bye. Now, I don't want anybody to be alarmed, but... I think that Chris is one of those zombies I was talking about that, <laughs> that came back <laughs> after he died. Dude, so here, here's the deal. Right now it's November, and I think Horror Hound is in March, at least it was last year or this year, and that's in April. I wonder how, I wonder how the lineups will stand up. Because I, I don't know, I, those, in, my, in my mind, we were thinking about going to one or the other, mm-hmm. and I haven't really, you know, jokingly... You know, we were saying, well, we don't know which one to go to. Depends on who's going to be there. Right. You know, the thing is, is you know, it's it should be people who that we know through podcasting or on the internet plus, or and you know the the celebrities are going to be there too. You know, it's going to be hard to decide because that sound that lineup sounded freaking yeah, that, awesome. That sounded really good. And I, I don't even know who's up for Horrorhound yet because when you go to their site, they're still pimping the the uh, Horrorhound that's going on what here in eight days. Mm. In uh, Cincinnati, hmm. so yeah, we'll we'll have to see. I don't know. Um, definitely want to go to one. Yeah, you know, I don't know if my wife would let <laughs> let me go to both. <laughs> <laughs> I that's not happening for me. No, 
Yeah, you you would you didn't even go with one to me, with me last I year. I know, so I'm working out. I'm working on it this so, year. So baby steps. We'll go to one. Baby steps. And then most likely we'll go to one because yes. what if like I lose a leg or something by then? Well, and that's what I was going to say. I've got some I've got some goals that I've I've set to hit so that I can make that happen. So but it's looking good so far. So everybody uh, chant for Sam. That's right. Uh, make a uh, a voodoo doll of Sam. G- give him good wishes and make sure. Uh, even though you're giving him good wishes to put some uh, pins in his wiener area. Oh, don't just do that. To, well, no, why not? Actually, that's good because then if I have a baby, I won't be gone. So that, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what that means. I don't either. Are you guys thinking out loud? You know how you just kind of your mouth starts running. You thinking out loud? If that doesn't happen to you, does it? I don't have a filter on my mouth. <laughs> I've been told that several times. Shocking. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Gracie's Poppy. Uh, hope your Halloween was better than ours. We we were rained out. Didn't stop anybody from going, though. It was just all soggy. Um, just heard your Halloween Classics episode. Really cool. Uh, trick or Treat. I wanted to see that movie. I saw a trailer for it as on a uh, on a VHS, and I said, this movie's so cool, i got to check it out. But I've never heard, heard from it since. But now I know it's out. i got to go check it out. It looks really cool. Uh, the interview with Mr. Best. Man, i got to go check out that Liquid Immortal. Uh, I love zombies. Zombie movies are cool. New Peter Avatrax is going to be really cool. So I'm going to check that out. But what I'm really calling for is uh, I have a great to pick with Sam. I mean, come on. Can you leave Curtis a hermaphrodite? Damn it, Sam. You're ruining one of my happy moments. That Every time I'm looking, I'm going to watch True Lies now, and a stripper scene comes up, I'm going to have to check and see if her package is bigger than mine. So thanks very much for that image. Uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Take care. You know, man, I don't think you have a lot to worry about because it's scientifically proven that in most cases of of uh, people who are born with gen- male and female genitalia, um, the male genitalia isn't always fully developed. So I think that uh, you may have a chance of still being bigger than Jamie Lee Curtis. Wow. Listen, That's uh, gross, David. Listen, I've been reading, <laughs> reading up on my uh, medical... I'm glad somebody has. I'm glad somebody has. And you know what? Aren't you... Wouldn't you rather know... Wouldn't you rather know that you, you know that, that you're checking out Why? a dude? Why? I just I'd rather know Be, uh, because because the visual stimulation on TV changes. Because I'd be like, listen, I that's a dude, and I'm not. I I will I refuse. I will take a cold spoon to my shaft before wow. I let that go to go to midnight. To be honest, I'm, not, with you, I'm with you. I was hoping that I'd be able to get you to no, to admit. No, <laughs> no, you held strong. Wow. I am fully determined. On oh, and that. by the way, my Halloween, thanks for asking, kicked ass. So did mine. Uh, what'd you do? Uh, I went trick or treat with my girls, and it was oh. actually a lot of fun. I, I convinced my oldest, uh, she just she turned eight, she's eight and a half, to huh? be something scary this year instead of something Thank like, you. Something like princessy. Right. So I was really excited about that. So we had a fun time running to the houses. I had a lot of fun. Cool. And that's it? Yeah, that's well. Yeah, no, well, that's cool. Right. That, that's good. That's good. You know, home family, home time, and yeah. you know, you get to spend time. And, and here's where I'm going to get kicked. No, in the balls. no, 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 no. Mine, mine was different. Yes. Even though I did get to go trick or treating uh-huh. for two hours with my kids, all three of my, you know, and it's fun because it was the first Halloween that both boys went uh, mm. trick or treating. It was, it was really fun. After that, I went and saw. Well, 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 first of all, we I it's a kind of a long story, but basically we uh, got to check out some potential models for the salty horror film festival and uh, that was nice and then we went and saw die monster die play live which was really cool up in ogden it was it was a fun night uh ended too soon bummer but uh you know whatever it was a good halloween i like it when halloween's on a weekend was it's, it, was it on? it's 
Yeah, it was Saturday night. Oh, I usually, and next year, I usually take the day off anyways. I know, next but day I, off. yeah, but I just I like it when it's on a weekend. Uh-huh. I just okay. feel like there's not too much going on over the weekend that uh-huh. you can just focus on Halloween. You know what's funny? Next year it's on a Sunday, though. Is it? I wonder how we'll handle that. Anyway, uh, so I don't know. I think that um, are are you kind of done? Were you, were you were you ready to be done with Halloween that when it was over? No, it, it went too quick. Yeah, I like gr- I, you I, know, I got to my pumpkins like two weeks before or a week before, uh-huh. and uh, and then it was over. Like we carved the pumpkins, and then you just all of a sudden it was there and over. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I think that I did. We did a lot of sub. Going up to Halloween, I mean, we went to haunted houses. We, you know, I did this, you know, a bunch of crap like that. And I was, I was really ready for Halloween. And I, and I have to admit a little bit that I was kind of ready for it to be over because that meant that I didn't have to write so much crap for the examiner because, oh. because you know, there weren't that wasn't as much live stuff. But you know what? It's still fall. It's you know, it's still kind well, of that cre- It's getting yeah. cold. It's still that creepy weather. So I don't and know. I'm, I'm hoping that you know because I like this time of year. This is my favorite time of year. And oh, then yeah. you go into Christmas, which is fun. And I'm taking. I'm taking a lot of time off around Christmas hey, me before both. and after. So I'm hoping that I'll have a little bit of time to kind of relax into the holidays right yeah. around that time. But The funny thing is I've been saving up all my time off. <laughs> so, so that should be pretty fun. Yeah, that'll be a good time. All right. Hey, Mike and Sam. This is Jeremy, uh, drunk and random forums, calling to comment on the innate homoerotic behavior on last episode, episode 44, the Halloween episode. Um, from the get-go. I think it's a minute 30 or a minute 32 into the episode, Sam starts talking about how he and Mike like to uh, touch it all over the place. Now, that's ambiguous enough, but as the episode progresses, it's pretty obvious what he's referring to. Um, further on in the episode, Mike starts calling uh, Robert our best handsome. And, and as men, we can, we can acknowledge that other men are handsome, and that's fine. But um, when you guys start talking about schlongs and how you want to take pictures of each other's schlongs, it's pretty obvious where the uh, where the nature of your comments lie. I mean, I live in San Francisco, California. I interact with gay men and gay women all the time, and you two are certainly, certainly on track with that. Um, you might as well just give in and make the love for each other, and we can get you on a float with Rod Halford in Palm Springs or here in San Francisco for gay pride. Deal with it, guys. That's really all i got to say. Um, First of all, the lead singer Judas Priest, I would be proud to stand next to him no matter where he is. That no, no. Badass. The question is, uh-huh. would you be proud to stand in front of him bent over? That's the question. <laughs> That's not the question. Yes, it is, dude. <laughs> That's the question that just came up. First of all, you I know would what? be proud to stand by him, too. Now, the question is, would I be proud to stand bent over in front of him? I don't know. You know, I don't know why you insist that that's the question. I don't know. I don't know why that's the rule. You just all of a sudden said that. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think that's the question. You know. Well, you can answer both. No, I'm not going to answer that one. Uh, anyway, j- just to just just to let people's minds uh, uh, guess my answer and then try to waste me on Twitter or something. But uh, you know what's funny is I don't. We only record every every other week, yeah. so it's hard for me to remember. And I'll tell you what: the reason I said Rob Best is handsome, not because he's not, because he's bald. I okay, love it. you got to even though he can't grow a very good beard, <laughs> or a beard or goatee or whatever. Um, I got to stick up for bald guys with goatees, you know. And that's the bottom line. We are we are definitely a 
um, endangered species that we need <laughs> to stick together. There's actually a club and a mailing list. The mailing list gets a little crazy, and I'll tell you what: uh, when we get together, we have to, you know, like for instance, la- we, last year we got together in the in the Delta Center, which or in the Energy Solutions Arena where our the Utah Jazz play. We actually had to turn the house lights down because there was so much glare coming oh, up from the <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Come on, I really worked that yeah, one out in I'm my mind. Say. <laughs> I really my attention th- span didn't follow that one all the way through. <laughs> anyway, so you know what I, I, uh, I, I can't really, I can't really tell you what uh, I can't, I can't explain away why we, why we said the things that we did. But um, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I'm not ashamed of anything I've said. Wait, oh, Mike's yes, gonna stand. Yes, I am. Mike's gonna stand by his comments or in front of and bend over his comments. <laughs> so. <laughs> Actually, to be honest with you, there's a few comments that have been made over the over the over the last 44 episodes, and even maybe now in this far into episode 45, that uh, I would gladly take back uh, a few of them. Especially, uh, the, the we're not gonna it cannot be named that one. It's still biting us in you the ass. You know what's funny? What that's gonna come up. I ran it, all three <laughs> who uh, all three six degrees through that. No, no, no. Are you talking about? I I'm think talking about the Frank Cox. No, 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 no. That one has a name. That one has oh. a name. The Frank Cox. It was our latest. The the incident that shall not be named. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes, yes. and we actually yeah, we'll get a voicemail. Thank oh. th- thanks to another douche, uh, Stephen. Not not like a douche, like he's a yeah, dick, right, right. Because he's another douche. Right. We got one last last episode from Vaughn. We're going to get the one this. I think that uh, James is going to call us up next, or Jeff is going to call us up next and uh, talk about their their asshole. Hey, Cadaver Lab guys, this is John in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I uh, haven't called in quite a while, but I've recently been talking to uh, Mike on the Facebook there, and just had a few comments. I was just listening to your uh, Halloween podcast, just the opening of it, and just wanted to um, mention that, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm not sick of vampires. I think, I mean, they're really in vogue right now. They're... Yes, Twilight has, you know, kind of brought that to the forefront. And I don't know. Um, I'm kind of in agreement with you guys where I enjoyed... I, my mom is really into Twilight. My uh, Any female, it seems like I know, that is into Twilight. And so I said, okay, I'll give it a chance. And I watched Twilight, and uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, was, it definitely wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, I think that, truthfully, New Moon looks a whole lot better quality-wise. Um, look, it's got Michael Sheehan in it. It's got some better actors in it. Um, and, you know, maybe it'll be okay. I'm, I'm going to give it a, a shot. Uh, I don't... Am I expecting the kind of horror that I usually enjoy? Well, no. It's, you know, Hallmark horror, if you will, and I get that, and I get the appeal of it, but um, I don't think it's the worst thing ever. I just, I don't know, sometimes I get a little annoyed, I hate to say this, no offense to the horror-loving community, because I'm one of them, but at this jaded attitude about everything, you know, Twilight's popular, yeah, okay, fine, everybody's got their opinion, but um, I don't think it's the worst thing that's happened to the horror genre. And that also leads me to um, uh, mention about, you mentioned uh, paranormal activity. 
A um, couple of your callers, I think, called in, said it wasn't scary, it was lame. You know, again, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I saw paranormal activity, and yes, when I was watching it, I was a little bored. I was a little anxious. I was wondering where it was going. But then I thought about it, and especially at the end, I was blown away. And uh, the fact that I couldn't sleep for two or three nights afterwards, definitely I knew that it was something kind of different. And aren't we always searching for something different? I mean, when Trick or Treat, for example, uh, just came out, it blew a lot of people away because it's actually a somewhat original story. Um, paranormal Activity was, the execution was kind of original. Uh, yes, it was kind of Blair Witch Project-like, I guess. Uh, but I don't know. I really enjoyed Paranormal Activity. I thought it was scary. And as a horror fan, I think we're always looking for something that's not, you know, saw that's something different and I thought the paranormal activity was so you know whatever uh, that's my thoughts on that I know I'm jumping in a lot of different topics I uh, enjoy talking to you guys uh, on the Facebook and the Twitter or now I guess the Twitter and all that kind of good stuff and I definitely am looking forward to um, uh, listening to the rest of the podcast and oh real quick you mentioned about uh, horror literature I just got in the mail the other day the New Vampire's Handbook, a guide for the recently turned creature of the night, edited in with an introduction by the vampire Miles Proctor. And it's, you know, it's done in the vein, no pun intended, of the uh, zombie um, uh, series by Max Brooks and, you know, everything. And I've read the first chapter, so it's pretty cool. So that might be something that would pique your interest. Anyway, don't want to ramble on too much longer. Take it easy. I enjoy the podcast. Bye. So you talk about New Moon being better than, than Twilight, and you know what? That may be the case. But And I, I will. I am going to see well, New the Moon. Well, the fact of the matter is that with Sheehan in it, mm -hmm. it gives it a lot more credibility. I will go see New Moon, but I will go see it in the tucked position from my car all the way to where I sit down. <laughs> and is, is and that's, that's how you have to watch it. I have to go in there. Just knowing that that I'm watching this because it's complete, it's it's not a horror movie. But your but your wife likes it. My wife loves it, and I so, read the books. And so you know what? It's you know what? I read the books, and I know where the story's going. And and yes, it is kind of an interesting journey on how they get there. Way too much of the bullshit, which everybody knows. But yeah, I'm gonna go check it out. I mean, you know, the, the thing is, is it's like you know, and I, I'm sure it's this way with you because it's this way with me. Mm -hmm. It's the give and take between you and your wife that actually, first of all, opens your eyes to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe open her eyes a little bit too, right. but it's definitely give and take. So I cannot, like, again, I cannot waste you for for going to see that because it's your wife especially. I'm not going to waste anybody for it. I, and I what will if? say that the thing that I do like about that, that Stephanie Meyer brought to the vampire genre, the only thing that I like about Well, let me guess, let me guess. Uh, shirtless uh, high school dudes? No. The only thing that I like is uh, that she... Uh, pale, handsome guys? No, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, that's all. That's all. <laughs> the only thing that I like is that she she brought a new... It's kind of like the vampires are X-Men type thing. They each have their own special, unique ability <laughs> up and above and beyond the rest of the vampires. So they have their own thing. I thought that was a pretty cool thing to do. So, like, they have all their, so, they have their so powers. So, is your shift... Is, is your is your is your sifting 
<laughs> Your comment reminds me of something that Paul said today. <laughs> oh, great. Was, Paul was talking about how he was reading this thing about gold mining. Why the hell he was reading <laughs> an article on gold mining is beyond me. But apparently all these gold miners, they go down there and they actually, I don't know how they do it, but they sift through their poop to get gold dust from it. So basically what you're saying is, is in the movie, which is the poop, you found some gold dust. I found some, not only dust, I found the nugget, and it is not corn. It's actually gold nuggets, dude. Like, I... <laughs> no, but seriously. I thought that was actually a, pr- a pretty cool concept. Okay. I thought that was, a pr- that know, was decent. And, I, and I'm interested to see how it plays out with... You know, the different, the vampires, you know, we talked about, I can't remember the dude's name is, the, uh, Michael Sheehan. Michael Sheehan. We'll see, you know, those, those guys you each know, have their own power. I have to we'll admit, I saw a picture of him, um, all vamped out, you know, because I guess he's some kind of, uh, uh aristocratic. Yeah. So I, I don't know or whatever. Yeah. But he's I, a Voltori. Well, I don't, okay. That, that means shit to me. Thanks for that. <laughs> but, uh, it's like the Gotties. Okay. It's like the, the John Gotties okay. of the vampire world. Um, but I saw him and I'm like, oh, what's that movie? I gotta check that out if that guy's in it. But then I saw what it was. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, right. But um, I think Twilight has added to the cynicism of the horror fan. I think expectations for for a movie go, when you go into a movie, it's your expectations that actually have a lot to do with how well you're gonna like a movie. For instance, uh, Jennifer's Body. I didn't mm-hmm. hate Jennifer's Body because mm-hmm. you know, even though it had all the high school. Um, t- you know, fake, you know, stylized talking, and it had the the uh, the friendship that you know the the friend going back and forth and this and that and all the traumatic stuff. I I it got over it because I had very low expectations for it. It ended up being okay. You know, mm-hmm. I ended up liking it okay. Um, but I think that after a while. When you have had high expectations for movie after movie after movie, and they keep just getting screwed, and then something, you just become a cynic. Yeah. And that's the problem. We keep getting this. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, uh, what, what, I can't remember what, his, what George Romero's last movie was, Diary of the Dead. Mm. Everybody had all these great expectations for it. It came out. It wasn't, to be, to be honest with you, I didn't hate it, but it really didn't, it, it didn't it live up Is to that the hype. Is that with John Leguizamo? No, that was Land of the Dead. Oh, okay. Uh, which was which could be argued had the same problem. The thing is, is it, it, that can only happen to you so many times before you get really cynical about everything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Twilight comes out, and it, it, it's it almost seems like a wasted horror franchise because it's not for horror fans, mm-hmm. you know, per se. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying if you're a horror fan, you like it, you're you know, you're in the wrong whatever. But uh, it's just I think I think that they're just. Too many disappointments coupled with, you know, these horror movies coming out. I don't, it, it's hard not to be cynical. I try not to be. You know, I try to only... I, I mean, I don't know if you uh, if you notice. We don't talk a lot about movies that we hate. Yeah. A lot. Because, I mean, first of all, you know, every once in a while we will. Like, when we did the Hellraiser series and stuff like that. But only because it's part of a Hellraiser and things like that. Or if it's a movie I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Or we've never seen before. You know, we'll, we'll... But we don't usually pick a lot of movies that we know going in... We're going to hate because yeah. it's not fun to talk about. It. It's not fun to listen to people what, bitch about movies. That's what it, yeah, that's the and, biggest thing. And so I'm not going to sit here and go over and, and talk about every single movie I hate and why I hate it because you know what? People don't, I, I don't know. At least I won't say people and generalize it, but I'll say I won't, I don't want to sit here and listen to 
two hours of two dudes ripping on a movie. Yeah, it may be funny. It may be not, funny, for but a not while, really. But well, it may get funny. There, there are instances where I've listened to it where it has been funny, but over and over again, it just gets old, and you just don't need all that negativity. We are happy people, man. <laughs> Only because we, we choose happy movies. I don't want to drag me down with bullshit and stupid-ass <laughs> movies. You just, we only, you just became the wise cowboy I of, this, did. of this podcast. I did, because you know what? You know, we I only, remember back in the day we used to used to rustle our cattle up. <laughs> you you kind of seem like uh, that Sam guy. I can't remember his last name on uh, Ghost, the Ghost uh, Rider. How he was the original Ghost Rider, and then uh, you just started sounding like him a little bit. That's exactly right. We only review the cream of the cream on this show. And, for example, you you cannot wait until we get to Friday the 13th, part 7, 8, and 9. You can't wait for that shit, because well, that it, cream you know rises to the top. You know, you know what's kind of funny is maybe that's another instance of, uh, well, we're doing the whole series, and there may <laughs> we couldn't skip a shitty one. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway let, let's move on. All right. Hey there, Mike and Sam Steven here. Uh, haven't talked to you guys in a while because I've been a little bit busy. As a matter of fact, I just finished recording with Dave, and now I'm getting ready to edit the episode that should have been online about an hour ago. But I uh, just thought I'd touch base with you on some of the important issues that the Cadaver Lab has been discussing over the past few weeks. Uh, first off, cooked penis, 10 grand, seems about fair. Uh, raw penis, I don't know, 30 bucks on a shot of tequila. I figure it's like eating oysters, you know, you just tilt your head back, a little Tabasco sauce, you're fucking good to go, and just slide right down, no big deal. But uh, you guys would know better than I would. Um, wiping your ass. Yeah, I guess I would be Sir Poopy Fingers of the Shire, I guess. Um, yeah, you, you wipe, check, fold, wipe, check, fold, until the paper comes up clean. Uh, then you know you've truly got it all. And plus... You're saving the environment, and that's so important to me because I am such a liberal. Um, sometimes, you know, I just wipe my ass probably eight or nine times a day. Uh, anytime I'm in the bathroom, I just go ahead and wipe my ass. Uh, when you're my age, you have a prostate the size of a watermelon. Uh, you just never know when there's going to be some anal leakage, uh, a little subtle sharding throughout the day. So I, I like to, uh, you know, make sure there's no... None of that hanging around. So, yeah, while I'm in there, just go ahead and wipe my ass, check it out, make sure we're all good. Wipe the underside of my balls, too, because, you know, uh, sometimes my underwear rides up and you really don't want to have a shitty scrotum. I guess that's about the uh, most important thing, things you've uh, been discussing on your show. Oh, and, of course, uh, a trick-or-treat, frying cocks. That's all I got to say about that. Talk to you later. Be cool, bitches. So basically, he went through and uh, uh, covered every one of my most shameful moments of all time. <laughs> Except for I blame the I blame the the I'm not even going to mention it because it, it it doesn't deserve a name. I blame that one on you. No, it's your fault. What? I don't even remember how that came. Well, just stop. I remember. Stop. Don't. You I don't know about it. it. It doesn't matter. Stop it. I don't care how it happened. We're not bringing it up again. <laughs> but uh, no thanks to Stephen. Actually, that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was some good stuff, man. <laughs> I mean, uh, guilty as charged, I guess. But you know what? We'll move on. Mm, sounds good. <laughs> Something else will come up soon. On the... Oh, I know. Anyway, that's it for voicemails. Um, uh, let's take a quick break and get back with uh, Friday the 13th, Part 7.
November. November is the time when the wind bites the back of your neck, leaves blow like dead husks on the breeze, and skeletal trees reach for the sky from hillside thickets. This is Steve from the Bone Bat Show, and when Stephen from JAFMP asked for contributions for Douchebag 5K's Lovecraft Month, I couldn't wait to put on Nox Arcana's Necronomicon album and talk a little HP. My introduction to the works of Lovecraft actually came from one of Lovecraft's acolytes, oddly enough. Uh, I was browsing through a used bookstore in California and stumbled across Cold Print by Ramsey Campbell, which included an essay entitled Lovecraft, an Introduction, which finally gave a little bit of context to the tune on Master of Puppets and uh, the other ways that I had kind of, you know, seen Lovecraft's name mentioned in passing. Another thing, a few years later, I played an Amiga game called Hound of Shadows, which kind of gave me even more of an introduction to that world. And about that same time, I picked up uh, Blood Curdling Tales uh, with its awesome Michael Whalen cover art. And the rest is history. As I delved into tales of ancient vaults and Lovecraft's detailed descriptions of Eldritch, well, well, nothing, actually. You know what? Come to think of it, I fucking hate Lovecraft. You know what pisses me off about Lovecraft? It's always this climactic, the beast rose from the depths, looking like a great, huge, uh, never mind, if I told you, you'd just go insane. I mean, where's the fucking money shot, HP? Howard Phillips, my ass. HP really stands for highly probable, as in highly probable he'll fuck you on the reveal. Do you think you would have got away with this shit in any other genre? If you had been a writer of Victorian erotica, you'd demand your fucking money back. We're talking literary blue balls here. And on the rare occasion that he didn't cheap out completely by either rolling the protagonist into the loony bin right when things were getting good, or making the monster fucking invisible like in Dunwich Horror, total bullshit if you ask me, and he did, you know, actually come out and fucking describe something, it would be something that didn't make a lick of sense, like, it was an unearthly beast with a countenance not unlike a hogshead filled with testicles and eyeballs. You know what I think? I think it was because H.P. Lovecraft was a cheap bastard. I mean, back in those days, as a pulp writer, you got paid by the word, right? So he left out all the good ones. It was his way of sticking it to the man, just a big goof on his publishers. He probably laughed his ass off whenever he cashed a check. Well, fortunately, his successors learned from it. Even when saluting H.P., you never see King pull that shit. Sure, he might stick an unwieldy romance or a baseball fetish into one of his novels, but at least he can describe a fucking monster. Oh, I, uh... It was a huge 360-foot spider with cold obsidian eyes, gray mottled slimy skin like the belly of a whale just out of the water, and a cock the size of a motorhome. You know what? Never mind. I fucking hate Lovecraft. Fuck that guy. Fuck him right square in his eldritch evil ass. And when you jerk-offs decide to do Poe Month, fuck you too. Don't come crying to me. I'm out. Yesterday they captured me 
Left for Dead, uh, pretty kick-ass if you ask me. I, I've been listening to their that their disc. They have a disc called It Begins, and uh, again, you can go pick that up on DrCyclopsRecords.com. Uh, the first movie they're going to be talking about today is uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Seven: The New Blood. This is the one you've been waiting for. What's happening to me? Your psychokinesis and these delusions are... No, you're not listening to me! The one you've been asking for. Hey, <laughs> Tina, isn't this the way they weather jackets back in the mental hospital? <laughs> concentrate! Concentrate, Tina! The one you've been dying for. You people give me the creeps. Okay, you big hunk of a man, come and get me! Jason <laughs> is back. This time, someone is waiting. Friday, May 13th, the deadliest day of the year. There goes the neighborhood. Uh, it came out in 1988. IMDb gave it a 4.6. Um, it was directed by John Carl Buechler. Buechler? Yeah, he, a guy that does a lot of special effects. It had been doing a lot of special effects in other movies. Uh, he's only he's only directed a couple of other uh, horror films: uh, the Troll remake and Troll. Uh, there, there's oh. a Troll remake on the on the horizon. Oh, by the way. oh my god! You know what's funny is I've, I don't think I've ever seen Troll. I've only seen Troll two. You haven't? Troll was the very first PG thirteen movie I ever saw. Wow. I think it was the first PG thirteen movie out. 
Oh, okay. Like right after they made that ruling. Yeah. I remember that was just a huge deal. And yeah, so we ended up watching it, and it, it was a little creepy. <laughs> you know, that's back in the day when uh, when a movie could go either PG or R. Mm-hmm. And that's why I can't remember what the movie it was in, but John Ritter was in a movie, and, there was, and it was rated PG, and it had like tons of boobs in it. Oh, really? And I, I was like, wow, this is awesome. It's not I remember seeing The Invisible Kid. I don't know if that was the one it was, he was in it, but there was, it was a PG movie. It had tons of. Movies. I think that's it. Is that what it was? I think that's the it one. Might be. Well, I got to go look that up again. Yep. Anyways, uh, it was written by Manuel Fidello and Daryl Haney. Uh, the music was done by Harry Manfredini and Fred Moline, or Molin. Uh, much of uh, just so you know, uh, Manfredini didn't do a lot of new music for this. Much a lot of his music was reworked for this, mm-hmm. and then uh, Fred Molin just kind of uh, took up the slack. Uh, the budget was two point eight million dollars, uh, gross nineteen point one million domestic. Uh, it was starring Kane Hodder as Jason, Lar Park Lincoln as Tina Shepard, Susan Jennifer Sullivan as Melissa, uh, Kevin Spiritas as Nick, Terry Kaiser as Dr. Cruz, and Susan Blue as Mrs. Amanda Shepard. Uh, Tina Shepard is a special girl. She has a gift of telekinesis. Uh, if, you, if anybody doesn't know what telekinesis is, the guy who wrote this uh, synopsis is kind enough to explain that to us. <laughs> Uh, which allows her to manipulate objects by thought. Thank you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but her gift is also a curse, mainly because she has caused the death of her father on the docks of Crystal Lake. Now, Tina has returned home with her caring mother and her con- conniving doctor, who wants to exploit Tina's powers and become famous. But the teenage residents of Crystal Lake have something more to fear than Tina's powers, as she accidentally frees Jason Voorhees from his watery grave. And Jason's really in the mood for a good old teenage massacre. So, uh, what'd you think about it? You know, this, wow. <laughs> we, we've done the first six, and, <clears throat> you know, you get into movies like this, and, and this one starts out, and, and so now it's not good enough that Jason's just going to come back to life and kill people. You have to mix in more supernatural stuff. Someone well, listen, has the power of telekinesis. Listen to this, though. This was actually, it was thought. One of the original thoughts for this movie was actually to bring in Freddy Krueger, and this would be the first time that they would have met on screen. However, uh-huh. Paramount and New Line Cinema couldn't come to an agreement on, you know, what what it was. So basically, they said, "Ah, well, let's uh, let's just throw in this girl who's telekinetic and uh, kind of pick up the slack there." Uh, this one has been called Carrie versus Jason. It, you know, it, which is dumb because is this dumb. is this is no way there. This is Carrie, but you know, it has a telekinetic girl. Yeah, you know this. It, this had some funny parts in it. I mean, it definitely... There was one part where I rewound it a couple of times because it was so funny. I don't know if you remember, but the, the girl goes down and strip uh, to go skinny dipping. Oh, yeah. And she invites Russell to go in. He's a dude. He's got, like, a sweater around his neck and stuff like that. So Russell's kind of laughing, thinking it's great, and yeah. he's just hanging out. And he's he's she's like, oh, you need to come in. It's a table of Russell for two party or something. For two. Party for two. Yeah. And he's got the biggest smile on his face. This guy knows he's going to get in and get in with a naked chick. And Jason sticks up on him. Dude turns over. And it's not a look of horror. It's a look as if someone had just caught you masturbating in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that is the look that was on his face. His jaw drops. Just like... It was hilarious. I laughed. I laughed so hard. You have got to check out that part because I, I miss that dude. Man. That is the funniest look I've ever seen when somebody sees Jason. He didn't. He didn't. He did not get worried. He just was like, "Ah, shit." I wonder. I wonder if the thought went through his mind. 
Oh no! How am I gonna? How am I gonna explain That's this? Right. How am I gonna? Because <laughs> he was just so happy, just like, yeah, I'm getting there, get there, sweet. And then all of a sudden, there's Jason. Oh. Anyways, but there, there was some, and that's kind of what I got out of this. It's like, I'm not taking this movie seriously. In fact, this this movie got to a point where I don't need, like, I give movies passes. Yeah. You explained this when we first started doing uh, the podcast because I was like pointing out all these things that were just so completely fake. And you're like, right. you know what? If the movie's good, I give it passes. I've, I've started to do that because I'm like, you know what? That's fine. That works. Right. This movie got so bad that. <laughs> that I couldn't even give a passes. Some of the stuff were just was just so ridiculous. You know, the thing is, is it asked a lot of of it its, did. Uh, of, of the audience because there were a lot of things that were just kind of ridiculous. But yeah, it kind of it kind of used up its passes. Well, like how many how many kills did you actually see? That and I was and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was reading in the uh, on the IMDb or the Wikipedia basically saying that this had so much stuff cut out. It probably had more cut out than any other Friday oh, the 13th really? movie. So is that, I don't know if that, I mean, unfortunately that's know. how it, it came out. But, yeah, I think it, it really did suffer for that. It was Yeah, because the kills were weak. You, you heard noises. You knew what was going to happen, but it, it just, it, it, you didn't follow through. You didn't get to see anything. Yeah, no, it, I agree with you. And they, there were just a, a lot of shit that you just had to forget about. Uh, basically, the, the movie starts out, has a, you know, a quick intro. Uh, seven-year-old Tina's at a cabin with her mo- mother and father. Uh, her parents are fighting, and it got physical. I, I, you, know, I, yeah, you, don't, you don't see any... Do you you see hear any? it, no, but yeah, you, you hear you, him you hear slap it. her. And so he... And so she, she... You know, they're freaking out, whatever. Uh, Tina runs out, you know, and... Uh, obviously distressed and sad because of what's going on. Her dad actually comes out to her and, and starts trying to apologize. Well, she's in the boat. Right. Well, she got in the boat and, and kind of went out a little bit away. So he comes out actually to the end of a, uh, what do you call those, a dock. Mm-hmm. And it was a dock with a roof on it. And basically, she just learns, I guess, and I, I assume that this was the first time that she'd ever, you know, that she'd found her, her, her talent of telekinesis. Basically, the, the dock collapses and kills her father. Ten years later, they all come back, or Tina and her mother come back to the same cabin, except for they bring Dr. Cruz, who basically, we also learn that she's been in a mental hospital. Tina's been in a mental hospital, and Dr. Cruz is, is basically her psychiatrist. And he takes her up there um, under the guise of, you know, trying to, as a healing ex- experience, things like that. Well, um, they show up there, and of course, I mean, what's a what's a Friday the Thirteenth movie without a group of teenagers living in the next cabin over? Anyway, they go up there. There's some teenagers up there, and I guess you can probably guess what happens. Uh, we find out that Doctor Cruz is basically really um, just. He, he's not really that interested in helping Tina at all. He's interested in helping his own career. He figures that if he can get proof of telekinesis, you know, by basically pissing her off, because if we find out that the more emotional she gets, that um, you know, the more apt she is to display these telekinetic powers. Anyway, so he's pissing her off. He's pissing her off. Does that is that just inferred? I mean, are we supposed to kind of get that that's what's going on? Because I don't remember them talking about that. Well, I think that in, especially in one of the. Um, uh, one of the sessions where he's they're they're sitting around a table and there's a a match a right. packet of matches. I think it's actually said she's saying I can't just do it, you know. And he figures out and starts goading her. Yeah, I, so, I saw but that. I don't, I don't know if if it's actually said. You know what? You need to be emotional in order to. Well, no, do this. but I'm talking about like him trying to further his career and stuff like that. Was it? Well, it was because 
well, towards the end, we find okay. out through his dictation and stuff okay. like that. Okay. You know that that uh, the experiment that he's trying to do, and we find out that he's actually hiding. You know, like removing, trying to basically make her seem crazy. Hmm. You know, because she's saying Jason's here, Jay, whatever. Anyway, what happens is she finally goes out. Uh, the, the doctor's been making her feel really guilty about her dad saying it's her fault. And, you know, it was her fault, but she didn't know she had the, these powers and whatever. She goes out. She, she's looking over Crystal Lake, and then she starts, uh, you know, uh, concentrating on trying, uh, apparently thinking of her dad. Uh, I don't know if she was trying to, to you know, she's probably just wishing that he was alive again. And basically revives Jason, who's been underneath the water, w- chained up. Ever since part six ends. No, I th- I think that she was trying to get her dad out of the lake. It could have been. I think so. No, it, it could have been. However, I wonder to myself, and this is this is neither here nor there mm-hmm. uh, along the, the timeline we're talking about, but what the freak would her dad's body still be down there? It, that's one of the past. Is that, that's one of your past. That's one that? of the things that I learned. Because, you know, by the way, we're going to ruin every one of these yeah, movies. Absolutely. We're going to spoil it because... you. It, even if we spoil it, um, and you haven't seen it, first of all, you should see it. Yeah, because it's a Friday the Thirteenth. But <laughs> some of these, some of these finales are just so freaking awesome. And I say awesome uh, very facetiously because they are not that awesome. But anyway, so and and the the only reason why I say that about that that I think she was trying to to get him out of the lake was because she was saying something to, to right. herself while it was going on, and at that exact moment. Because I hadn't seen this before, uh-huh. I thought if that happens at the end, I'm going to be pissed. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, and so, so that's why I'm pretty sure that she was saying, "Oh, Dad, I know you're in here. I need to get you know." She really? was saying so because I thought if this is how this it's ends, just, it, I it's am just unbelievable kick its that ass. his body was there the whole time. Yeah, nobody dredged the lake or anything like that for the body. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> We have to uh, pass number one given out apparently. No, no pass to that <laughs> shit. Ah! There's no pass to that one. Yeah, no, you're right. Anyway, well, of course, you know, and this isn't that deep of a movie. Basically, he wakes up. Uh, she interacts with the teenagers next door. There's a love interest, um, you know, and there's a, a couple of bitchy girls, and there's a couple of nice girls, you know, things like that. Just, uh, you know, just the regular. They're out to party. There's, there's the, there's the. Um, the cool guy. There's the their nerd. There's the the, the, the pot smoker. Yeah, and all this stuff. There's the chipmunk looking girl. Oh yeah, she was hot, dude. No, she, she can chip- hold a lot in those cheeks. <laughs> Not that you would need that at all. I need all that space. <laughs> Why is she like eating your leg or something? Because I don't, <laughs> I don't know how else it would happen. Anyway, so I, I again, I don't want to get too deep into this, just because, it, just because I mean, it's it's really kind of formulaic uh jason gets up he starts killing um and like you were saying a, a lot of these kills were done off off camera mm-hmm. and I, as far as i know there is not an unrated version of this mm-hmm. uh that has been released yet so i think that's basically and we've seen worse that's why I'd, I'd be interested i don't know maybe they cracked down on something right at that time i don't know i don't know because you see worse in the in the other two right i think oh well we also so, watched the unrated version of uh oh, jason goes to hell that's right that's right but I don't know. Basically, these the, the, you know the, the the teenagers are there. The, the, you know, you you get a little bit of their relationship. You, they you also um, are 
there is, um, and you can kind of see what's going on with Doctor Cruz. How he, you can, you find out he's not being honest. Well, she has premonitions <clears throat> too. It's not just telekinesis. She starts having premonitions. Yeah, of and, people dying and seeing how they exactly. Die. And uh, well, and so basically, it just comes to a head. They, they, you know, we see that all of a sudden, um, Tina and her mom find out. You know, kind of bust Doctor Cruz, and uh, uh, it's too late. Everybody's dead. Um, and then there's the big face-off at the end between uh, the telekinetic girl and uh, Jason. And I, if, if you can't guess what the ending is and you haven't seen it yet, and we haven't already wasted it, <laughs> I, I think I think you guys know how it ends. One thing that really bothered me about this movie, and and, it, I, and I don't know if this should have bothered me a lot, but number six is probably my favorite Oh, six Friday was 13. awesome six compared was to this. Awesome. Six was. I, I, I lo- six has got to be. I thought my about that while we were watching this because you said, "Oh, six is really great." And then while we were watching, I'm like, "Hey, this isn't that great." Watching these three today, six was great. I'll tell you why six. Why I like six so much because it really went for the comedic angle. I mean, mm-hmm. there, you know, with the, you know, a lot of the like, for instance, the the grave digger with the, you know the opening scene. There's that uh, that one guy. I can't remember his name. He was. Anyways, he you know he got killed. He was funny. There's a, just a lot of humor and a lot of just weird stuff like like the whole like the whole scene in the Winnebago and uh, how what's his name's like yeah kick ass right. else can, yeah. you know it was just so funny and then they come to this one and you, you said there were a couple of funny parts but I don't know if they were I don't they think there was in, I don't think it was intended no. and I don't I think they kind of tried to ditch the whole comedic angle to this and unfortunately uh, like you were saying I think that that gives some horror movies passes if there is something else going on like like yep. good writing funny you know uh, funny things that are going on on the screen i think that it's a little easier to 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 give that pass out if you know you can tell that uh you're supposed to be having a good time whereas this one was a little just played kind of more straight up and it didn't it didn't quite gel no, for it me. took itself way too serious yeah i and, and i totally agree with that you know i don't know i don't remember Disliking this movie is is as much as um, I did when I watched it for the show. And the thing is, is I I wasn't in a bad mood when I watched it. I mean, everything was fine. Um, I don't really, I I don't really, I don't know. I am I am generous with my passes. Yeah, but I got I got kind of bugged at this. Yeah. One. Anyway, do you have anything else on this one? Oh, well, I've got all my normal stuff. But hey. Oh, there, you know, there was one good thing about this movie was the first sleeping bag kill. Oh, where, yeah. Where, what was it? Um, it was the two people were showing up to the surprise birthday party. Is, mm-hmm. that, is that who it was? Yep. All I have is sleeping bag the guy, kill. It's, it's the guy that was having the surprise party. They were throwing it for him. Right, and he and didn't quite girlfriend. make it because his car broke down or something. Mm-hmm. His, his girlfriend gets in the, you know what? And I, and I also heard this. There was one hit. The, Jason picks up the sleeping bag. Slams it against a tree and she's dead. Yeah, there were six filmed, six hits filmed, but they had to cut it down to one. Oh, really? Which I don't know how much five more hits would have done, but that would I I think it would have been cool. Yeah, yeah just I mean that's a little more brutal. Well, there's someone on the forums that has their avatar as Jason hitting the sleeping bag against the tree. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the one from Jason X though, which is hilarious. I think oh, so. Oh, oh, okay. But uh, it's pretty funny. That's basically all I really have to say. So, what do you give this? Uh, I give this, um, you know, I'll give this. Uh, oh man, this is hard because I don't really want to. Uh, I, it's definitely not a buy, but obviously, 
you, you need to have it because it's in your because it's Friday the Thirteenth. But it, as as a movie on its own, I I would I would say AMC at the moment. That's exactly what I give it. I uh, I give it an AMC, and the only reason I do is because it is part of the franchise. Otherwise, it'd be a, if this was on its own, it'd be a don't bother. Yeah, I don't know. I just. I don't remember disliking it this much watching for it. In fact, I remember, I think number seven is the favorite of a lot of people. What? A lot of people have... No way. I don't, I don't know where we're, we talked about it and whatever. Maybe it was because of earlier, you know, some of our earlier uh, shows. But, uh, you know, it was... Uh, a lot of people really like this Listen, one. if you're one of those people that likes number seven as your favorite one... I want you to call and tell us why. If you dare show your face, oh, come on. no, no, seriously though. But really, I want to. I want to know because this. I, I completely missed it. This is definitely my least favorite of all of them. Okay, I yeah. So. I you know I I'm not going to say it's my least favorite. I'm going to still say five is my least favorite. But mm. uh, I can't remember oh, what I yeah. gave five. What did I give? I, I hope I hope I didn't give higher than an AMC. I don't know. I what, probably did, but I don't know. I'd have to go back pretty. It far. doesn't matter. Um. All right. So, anyways. So the mammary count on this was six. As we both look up, try to remember where they were. I know. I'm trying to think about where they were. Um, one of the friends does it with the stoner, the redheaded. Oh, one. that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, what did I learn? Cool guys carry pictures of their cousins in their wallets. Yeah. You know what? I I, I thought about that too. I mean, <laughs> that's weird. It is weird. I do you happen to have a picture of your cousin? Why? Why? Well, I yes, sure I do. do. Uh, I'd, I'd believe from the guy that got caught. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this movie is full of the old saying, went to the well one too many times. Okay. Uh, drowned bodies in five feet of water are never found. <laughs> and even wife beaters can be heroes. That's right. He came back. You know what? This isn't even a Friday the 13th movie. This is a reconciliation That's movie right, dude. for a guy who's been underwater trying to change his ways for <laughs> and, ten years. Figured it out. All right. <laughs> All right. So, and now we have a new segment to the show. No, a new official segment. A new, so, so the new segment is something that we've d- that Mike has done on this show, you know, over past episodes, but we haven't ever made it official. So now we have a kick to the balls section, an official. We're going to nominate people or things from each movie, and then at the end, Mike is going to go ahead and tell us who the winner of the kick to the balls is. Yes. I love it. <laughs> so I have two nominees for this movie. Uh, you know what's funny is I have two nominees, too. Okay, I bet good. you they're the same ones. You go. I have Dr. Cruz yep. as my first kick to the balls because he lived in that house over the weekend and did not try and tap the mom. Wait, wait, so we have to give him a reason <laughs> yes, why. Absolutely. My, mine was all serious cause, because he tried to exploit <laughs> someone's weakness for his own personal hey, listen, gain. If that's why he gets kicked to the balls? Sa- still the same guy. Yeah. My second kick to the balls is for the searchers who never found Tina's dad's body in five feet of water. <laughs> Those guys, every damn one of them, get a kick to the balls. All right, my my second kick to the balls, which is kind of weird because it's for a woman. I guess we're gonna have <laughs> it to. Doesn't get used matter. To that. We're gonna have to yep. get used to that. Is I don't remember her name in this, but she was the blonde girl with uh, Melissa. I think it's I Melissa. But she was a bitch. It's Melissa. Oh, what, I, I have Melissa bitch is on the. <laughs> She was like, she was like so damn mean, and like for no reason because she. I mean, I think out of most of those girls, except for the chipmunk face, she's probably the least attractive. And that's probably why she was such a bitch. I think she was rich too. Yeah. And uh, to the rich bitch, you get a kick in the balls I nomination. Love I love it. I like it. Okay, <laughs> and then I have uh, who else said that? Tina, wait, please come back. That is Napoleon Dynamite to his llama lover after a premature ejaculation. <laughs> oh. 
I will get more into llamas later. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. Okay, six degrees. Larry Cox, who played Russell, who's the guy that got caught. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. you, it's not what Smith. you think. I Dude, swear, we, I promise. If we throw that on, you would just laugh your head off at the look on his face. <laughs> Larry Cox was in uh, Bug with Brian Cox. Fried? Frying Cox, dude, and I bug. Yeah, and I'm going through ev- Frying Cox. I'm going through every one to get to. Would you at least Bruce please Campbell. respect the man by I using am. his full name, his Fried, real name, Frying no, Cox? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, so Larry Cox is in bug with Frying Cox. By the way, I want to remind everybody that that name popped into my head, but I did not want to use it. I did not want to go That's there. Right, you said, I'm not going to say, it. oh, I have to, and then you did. Anyways, okay. All right, so Frying Cox was in Rushmore with Bill Murray, who was in The Life Aquatic. Uh, with Willem Dafoe, who is in Spider-Man Bruce Campbell. Sweet. Dude, have you ever seen Rushmore? No. I freaking love that really? movie. It is so fun. I'm not to check that Anyways. out. Anyways. All right. So uh, we will be right back. Listen. Do you hear it? It's getting closer. Much closer. Don't be afraid. Be very, very afraid. Don't you want me? What have I done? Look away. 
tribute goes out to all you medical examiners out there who down a six-inch meatball marinara while slicing open a poor sucker to see what makes him tick. Nothing goes better with egg salad sandwich than sifting through the remnants of a rotting stomach from an obese trucker. And cheers to you, O Baron of the Bonesaw, for downing chips and a Coke while vacating the bowels of a meth addict. I can only imagine how appetizing it must be to have the smell of a bologna sandwich mixed with the scent of coagulating blood. And just to prove how desensitized you are to chopping up the dead, put your sandwich right there on the deceased bloated belly. And as you strut around that cold room admiring the cold dead bodies on those slabs, I know what you're thinking. And the answer is, just like a fish with its head cut off and its guts hollowed out. So keep it zipped up, O King of the Coroner's Office. And remember one thing, that may not be mayonnaise on that sandwich. So, now it's time for the segment of What Is Mike Thinking? And you know what? Way to go. Way to try to talk to the listeners into thinking that the only reason we're doing it now is because we meant to and not because we forgot about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. So, here we have three movies. Mike is going to let us know if you don't bother, you watch it, you rent it, or you buy it. Okay. The first one is Otis. I say buy it. I can't remember her name, darn it, but uh, the mom. Yeah. It's so funny in that. She so funny. she she definitely for her for her uh, portrayal of the kidnapped girl's mom. I say buy that. I movie. love it. All right, and then Killing Ariel. I have not seen it. And A Tale of Two Sisters. Um, that's definitely between. Uh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> wow, that's wow, that's pretty good. I got two that you haven't seen. This nice. Time. Do you know what A Tale of Two Sisters is? Uh, yeah, it's I, I have it. I own it. It's a Korean. Uh, I guess it's. Uh, I can't. I can't remember. What it, was. it was uninvited or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. No. The uninvited yeah. was a remake. Yep. Yeah, it was the uninvited. I haven't seen the uninvited yet because the uninvited and the unborn came out at the same time. But it is the uninvited. Yeah. I saw. I saw the uninvited. Uh-huh. I was all excited. I'm like, yes, a, a Korean horror film. And I start watching. I'm like, holy shit! I've seen this before. But oh really? It was with some whiteies. <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> so, anyways. All right, good. So we'll see if anybody got that correct, and uh, we'll send out your prizes if you did. And if you didn't... <laughs> By the way, we have made a commitment to go get some kick-ass... Pro- we, we have like a whole prize closet now. Yeah. Well, I feel like a radio station. I know. We have a lot of stuff. So I had a Blockbuster that was going out of business, and so I went down and bought oh, a bunch. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, you should have called me. I'd go up there and buy the shit out of that yeah, place. Yeah, they, they had a bunch. Really? Yeah, it was, it was great. So oh, sweet. Anyway. All right, so let's just get into uh, Friday the 13th, Part 8. Jason takes Manhattan, and this is another one everyone hates. 
Jason Takes Manhattan. Now, New York has a new problem. This is another one that uh, most people hate. Oh, really? In this one. I think that, uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe we should take an official poll, but I think this is second only to number five is the most hated. Oh, really? But uh, at least that's the impression that I get. Hmm. Um, it came out in 1989. IMDb gave it a 3.8, so it is .8 above my threshold. Uh, directed by Rob Hayden, H-E-D-D-E-N. Uh, that guy only did a lot of TV, and uh, actually two of those happened to be the Friday 13th series uh, episodes. Uh, it was written by Victor Miller and uh, Rob Hayden. He, uh, Rob Hayden, who directed, is actually mo- more of a writer. Um, he, he actually wrote the characters for a lot of uh, the Friday the 13th uh, uh, films, such as Jason X, Freddy vs. Jason, the remake. And even you know even some of the newer ones, but he was uh, a lot of the early ones. He was actually uncredited. Um, budget for this one was five million. It grossed nineteen point three million. Uh, starred Kane Hodder as Jason Voorhees, Jensen Daggett is Rennie Wickham, Barbara Bingham is Miss Colleen Van Dusen, and Peter Mark Richmond is Charles McCulloch. I forgot to mention. I forgot to 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 put the guy the the old guy on there. Is that right? No, no, no. That's Peter, him. Peter Sim. Oh, then I forgot to put uh, the the main... The, uh, the, the young love guy, interest. The love interest guy. Anyways, uh, synopsis. Uh, Rennie is celebrating her graduation aboard the SS Lazarus. Along with her strict uncle, her favorite teacher, her boyfriend Sean, all of her classmates, and a stowaway. Hockey mask serial killer Jason Voorhees. One by one, Jason slowly murders each classmate and sinks the ship... Stranding the survivors in New York, Rennie and a few survivors must now face Jason to save their lives from impending doom. Um, before we go over the plot and stuff, I want to I want to mention a couple of things. All right. First of all, this is called Jason Takes Manhattan. One of the biggest criticisms of this movie is that he's literally in Manhattan for well, supposedly he's in Manhattan for you know the last what fifteen twenty minutes of the movie. But that's that was actually all Vancouver, and there's actually only like five minutes in Manhattan. You are kidding me? No, like like only a few scenes in Manhattan. In fact, you know, I wondered about that because you could tell when. First of all, when they when they get off the boat, I think it's just that Times Square thing. There's not a yeah. That's what I was going to say because there's not a soul in sight. No, and it's New York for hell's sakes. Yep. But you could tell that there was like they were on a stage somewhere and they had like this. Dumbass uh, graffitied wood shit behind them. Yeah. See, I could tell they weren't even in. It. I'm like, I wonder if it was just too expensive yeah. to shut and down Manhattan. And that's, and that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Is the writer, the director, they really wanted to take this into Manhattan. They they had all sorts of uh, spots they wanted to film. You know, the Statue of Liberty, all these like big monumental places. But basically, they they it was too expensive. They didn't mm-hmm. do it, so they only have that one thing in Times Square, and that's yeah. it. Right. Well, Which except is a for bummer. you see, it's funny because when they're on the the rescue boat, like the dinghy, yeah. and they're going, they get to where they're about uh, maybe three hundred yards away from the Statue of Liberty before they can see it in the middle of the night. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my gosh, we're here! Like, Plus what the that, hell are you even looking at? I, I'm not, I don't know this for sure, but that was probably like like footage from oh, some yeah. other thing. Or oh whatever. yeah, I recognize that from my own home movies. So right. that's pretty sweet. <laughs> now you know this movie. 
it was funny because it started out so glamorous, like the soundtrack, you know, oh, and like the and wording, the, like the wording. Yeah, there was like some like DJ or something. Oh, New York, the yeah. the darkest of the blah, blah, you know whatever. It was like well, wow, and the people you could tell it was New York because the people they had as like the extras, like the gangsters, and, right? Like, the gang members and stuff. I've oh, never please. seen such pussy looking gangsters oh, in my, my life. Oh my gosh! Like this guy grabs a chain out of a flower box. It's like, <laughs> Are you shitting me, dude? <laughs> Are you shitting me? Come on. The only thing in flower boxes in cities is Sam's vomit. That's right. <laughs> oh, but you know this this movie this movie rivaled number seven for pretty bad. You know, but I found myself laughing a little is, bit more. I disagree. You know, a little bit because it was funny. Again. Well, and that's that's what I was going to yeah. say. So you know, at first I'm like, oh shit, here we go again. But I actually I found myself kind of liking it because. There was some of the funny stuff going on, and, and even though some of it wasn't supposed to be funny, <laughs> oh yeah, like when this this the captain of the boat is so damn excited and proud of his son, so, yeah, that he is going to now captain the ship. You know, I think, and when he disappoints him, and he runs away like a little <laughs> bitch, I started laughing. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. I thought that was you really funny. His pain. Oh my gosh! So you know, it was just in like the the girl doing the the music video down in the <laughs> down in the engine room. Right. That's the. I just. I thought I enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it. Anyways, the movie goes on. Of course, uh, Jason finds his uh, hockey mask because the. Uh, on this boat in the beginning because he climbs on the boat. Of course, the dude just pretended to, told his girlfriend the scary legend of Jason Voorhees and had a mask that he was going to scare her with, and of course he gets the mask back and whatever. Anyways, so he gets there, and first of all, okay, I mean, I don't want to get too critical about this movie, but uh, so for a senior trip, they get a, they get to go on a yacht to, uh, to New York. This is the graduation trip. Right. Okay. So I have a point about that. Oh, I was saying that's still that's still a pretty freaking awesome. uh, Oh yeah. uh, Senior trip. Maybe we just lived in the ghetto or something. (laughs) Our our senior trip was to Lagoon. It's pretty sweet. (laughs) The local amusement amusement park. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so you know the story is basically this: they these kids are taken off. You have the dickwad of an uncle. You have the um, the teacher, and they're 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 the chaperones. And then you have you know of course your. your typical teenage characters, um, you know, <laughs> so, some of these characters were just like you were saying were freaking awesome. Yeah, like like for instance the one, uh, the one who the girl who was like thinking she was Joan Jett, and yeah, playing the guitar, she playing was, like the flying yeah, V, yeah. and she was rocking out. And of course, this was so totally eighties that oh, yeah. she brought around this like portable karaoke machine and had one of these douchebags just filming her the whole time, and she's like. Playing it up for the camera, doing all these head motions. You're right. You just had to laugh. Oh yeah. But basically, the movie moves along where, yeah, you see interaction between. Am I? Am I? I feel like I'm skimming over this, but I don't really think that it's no, worthy. No, but, but I think the other part of it too is there was just so much iconic '80s. Oh, absolutely. Like doing crack off a mirror. I know that shit probably happens cocaine, still today. Yeah. Well, see, I know my drugs. Isn't cocaine the same thing as crack? I think cra- actually, crack I, cocaine. I think. I think. Yeah, you you know what you're right. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't I haven't done the hard stuff yeah. in like ten years. Oh man, but they're they're doing it off a mirror and stuff like that. You know, I and think that's I, just how you do it because it's probably. Anyway. But it's just you know that's just kind of what was in the. It's 80s less. And, it's less. Uh, it's conspicuous. Conspicuous than carrying around a piece of glass or some other kind of hard, non-porous, you know, whatever. 
Anyway, sorry to uh, sorry to, to get all on your case no. about, <laughs> but but it's just things like that that are just like the Hades hairdo, the music, like the soundtrack. I mean, it was just oh yeah, I, and and you know what, I like that stuff. And you know, and I agree with you because in some of these kills were not bad. No. For instance, uh, the 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 girl, I can't remember exactly how she dies. She dies somehow with her guitar. She like gets knocked over, over the head. head with her guitar. And her yeah. brains hanging out there. Uh, one of one of my favorite ones is uh, of course there's a. <laughs> There's a little boxing ring. These guys are boxing. One dude goes in for a sauna. Jason grabs one of the sauna rocks, stuffs it in his gut. Yeah. That one was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. The, the fight at the end with the boxing Oh, wait, 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 wait. Awesome. We will, We'll talk about that when it comes, because that's my favorite part yeah. of the whole damn movie. <laughs> um, you know, and there was just uh, other other kills here and there. Pretty, you know, fairly, really good. I don't think we us talking about them gives them the, no. the right... Uh, the respect that they deserve, I guess. Anyway, so basically they find out that they're, uh, obviously there's this killer going around. and uh, But the whole time, Rennie, our main character, is having these flashbacks of uh, Kid Jason drowning. And, of course, we have no idea why. And, uh, of course, Jason's running around killing people. Uh, it turns out that, um, uh, well, basically, uh, the first round of people get killed. Uh, they... They they try to basically catch him and kill him on the boat, which of course fails horribly. Um, they all get on this dinghy, and uh, and of course uh, just kind of row. They seem like they're rowing. They come. Apparently the the sea is very calm and uh, it, it points, and it's very foggy, so you can't see like too far around them, which is you know, which could happen. I don't know. I've never been on a dinghy in in the middle of the ocean. And even though it magically appeared, that dude ended up with his little electronic GPS thing. <laughs> he didn't grab it before they got off, but he sure had it. Well, when he they kept that in his pocket because he is a Boy Scout. And that guy is well prepared. Yes. Anyway, so basically they show up. They, they, they row their asses off. They find their way to New York. They're so excited uh, to get there. Jason basically follows them, though. And like you said, they get off at the, at the dock. Nobody's around. He kind of falls him. You know the thing is, is this was this was kind of a fun part because yeah, you got a they the what's her name Rennie and uh, her boyfriend uh, run into or in uh, you know even the in, in the chaperones run into a in, in even the black guy they all run into these two gangsters with uh, uh, I don't know what weapons they have like a gun like they a, have guns okay so and they and they kidnap Rennie anyway so well it's funny because these two guys. They they kidnap Rennie. They take her and they drug her with uh, you know with a used freaking needle that they that they had some uh, they've been they showed him in the beginning using it. And even though she eventually spoiler she eventually lives, she's gonna have freaking AIDS. So <laughs> so it's like you know in in Jason takes Manhattan too. She's freaking dead <laughs> of AIDS, which is really shitty. But anyway. Uh, this kind of comes a fun part when Jason shows up and he's kind of walking around. You know, the first thing he sees is a is a big billboard with a, a hockey mask on it for one of the local hockey teams or whatever. And he kind of gives you the Michael Myers cock of the head. You know, kind of looking at huh? Yeah. Then he walks around. He runs into some of the some of the punks on the street. And, and this this part is funny, but it, if I, if you think about it, kind of bugs it. Kind of bugs me. He walks up and and uh, he he kicks. <laughs> He's walking by. Nobody's noticing him. You know, I mean, he's this big dripping dude. And, you know, maybe New York's like that. I, I don't know. <laughs> I notice people if they're like all freaky like that. He kicks the, this uh, ghetto blaster, and I don't call it a boombox because back then these were called ghetto blasters <laughs> of these like punks. 
And then these punks get all up in his face. He turns around, lifts his mask up. Yeah. And then they all get scared away and run. I don't. I don't really know how I feel about it, but it. You got to admit it was funny. Anyway, so basically, there are a couple of great kill scenes. First of all, you talked about the boxer, who for some reason. Why would you sit there and box Jason? He, he boxes Jason for about two minutes. It was the he, longest sequence of the movie. And he wears himself out. I'm thinking to myself, well, after about half of the beating that you decided to give him, I would kind of think to myself, you know what? He's not going to go down, and I'm going to run my ass away. Yeah. But no. Um, he he ends up getting tired, pulling a, pulling a Rocky Balboa. Give me your best shot. Yeah, well, let's him. put it this way. His best shot's a lot better than <laughs> Ivan Drago's. Punches the guy's head clean off. We get a quick point of view camera angle from the severed head rolling down the roof. <coughs> and it lands in a dumpster. Best scene of the movie, yeah. in my opinion. I thought that was great. I was, I, I was just laughing. I thought that was funny. Anyways, basically we end up finding out that the reason that Rennie had been having um, flashbacks of Jason is because she was out on a boat in Crystal Lake with her uncle who's the chaperone of this trip who is a dildo i just thought i, th- I guess i thought i'd n- necessary to throw that in anyhow uh, finds out that that one day he was going to teach her how to swim by throwing her in the water she goes down she as she tries to swim back to the surface baby jason well not baby you know kid jason grabs her by the ankle and pulls her down for a while and so she got all freaked out in the whole movie they're talking about how she doesn't She's scared of the water and stuff like that, and even some bitch knocks her in the water. Which, which, shouldn't there be better railings and safety equipment? I think so, but a lot of people actually go missing on those cruise ships. Well, I think it's aliens. I, I don't think oh, it's really? drunk people. Shh. I think it's aliens. I don't want to hear that right now. I have <laughs> I to drive home. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I I hate to I can't, I feel like I kind of shafted this because we. Uh, we just kind of went over. I have pretty well, details. You, you know, the thing is, there, there's a couple of good notes too. Real uh-huh. quick, in the in the New York diner, there is a scene with um, oh gosh, dang, I forgot his name. Oh, I have it in my notes. The guy who actually plays Jason in Freddy vs. Jason. I wondered about that is, because he was, he, was, he was big. He was he was huge. Yeah. And, and it's the it's the actual the guy that played Jason. I have his name here, but I forgot it. So he plays in one. He plays in the one after. He he is actually. Um, no, he doesn't, he doesn't play in nine or 10, but he plays in Freddy versus Jason. Okay. He's actually a stunt guy and he did a lot of stunts for this movie as mm. well, but he plays like the, the biggest badass dishwasher yeah, that right. I have ever seen. Yeah. Uh, except for myself when I w- when I was dishwasher at, uh, El Matador. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, that's, I guess, I don't know. What do you think? Well, since, since we're going to spoil it, I mean, <clears throat> so they go on the subway and chase Jason through the sewer system or Jason chases them and. Ends up where Wait, he gets drowned. Well, no, no, the guy says every night at midnight. Yeah, right. Toxic this, waste. This gets flushed with toxic waste. Is yeah. that normal? I, I don't, don't think. Know. I don't think that cleaning out a sewer by flushing toxic waste through it. Well, isn't, guess, isn't waste toxic though? I took it to mean shit was flying through there. That could be. Maybe they're just. Fl- but it just it just floods itself out. They open up stuff and the shit flows. I don't know. Yeah, but it kind of started melting, Jason. A well, little yeah, bit. but she found this bucket that she whacked on top of it. It just happened to be laying there of some sort of caustic material. Oh, that's some right. Sort. Throws it on him, and that's when he starts like melting a little bit. And and I it was funny because then the water comes in and kind of drowns him. And as he comes up, he looks like like his mouth opens and yeah. shuts. Like on a hinge, and he seriously looked like a South Park Canadian. 
<laughs> he did. He did. He looked like he really. I thought he looked like a jack o' lantern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really, it was really bizarre. But that, that's just kind of how it ends. It goes back to the drowning of of this, you know, because he drowned, and so that's what ends up happening to him. Uh, well, kind of thing. And the the toxic waste, and then he it envelops him, and then it it supposedly drowns him. But all of a sudden, there's Kid Jason again there in swaddling clothes. Or yeah, something. what the freak? I don't know, dude. He just had like a loincloth. I I enjoyed this movie. This time, only because it was funnier. I thought it was funnier, and you know what? The telekinesis thing is just tired. That the, shit that, is know, just tired. Is, I, I like me. this. I like this tie-in a lot better. Well, like, okay, all right. I, you know what? I'll give that a pass. I really wish it had more scenes in the city, but obviously, so do the people who made the movie, right. which is really kind of a bummer. But it, it, this, you know, this wasn't all terrible. I I give this a red box. I give this a red box too. Are you kidding me? This is this is lame that we're. We're doing the same ratings for all the movies. <laughs> all right, I changed mine. I'm going to give it a buy. Really? No. <laughs> I have to go with what I was going to give it. Yep, you do. So the memory counts only two. Uh, let me think. Oh, one in the, the beginning. beginning. One in the beginning, and then one when she's... No, it was two in the beginning because it didn't actually show Boo when she was in the bathroom. Yep, I looked hard. Uh, what did I learn? You always blow the freaking horn. <gasps> right, before you take off. Or else you will run away crying like a bitch. That's right. Uh, don't make music videos in the engine room. <laughs> but, and, you know, I'm going to take that one step further and, and don't try to be Joan Jett I like while it. playing out of a karaoke machine and have yourself filmed in there. Because all it, it, you can play in the film, but when you in the engine room, but when you have all those factors yeah. lined up and the stars are aligned, you will die. That's right. And the, the most important thing that I learned in this movie <laughs> is that not wanting to get teabagged isn't the only reason not to wear a towel on your face in the sauna. <laughs> and I nominate Uncle Charles for the kick to the yeah, balls for giving the worst swimming lessons in the world. <laughs> that guy is not a licensed life lifeguard. Uh, he should not be doing that kind of shit. You know what's funny is I, I also nominate that guy for the same type of thing. However... I nominate, I, I can't remember his name, but he was the camera guy. Oh, he, yeah. Because he freaking lost his glasses and pulled a Velma from Scooby-Doo and shot a, a person that even Blurry was so obviously not Jason <laughs> yes, Voorhees. Dude. That guy gets nominated for a yes. kick in the nuts. I like that. So okay, he, he ends up getting it, so it's okay. That's good. And then who else said that? Take some advice. Don't push him too hard. That was advice to a leper at a whorehouse. You know what? Actually, listen. I have one more. That's gross. Oh. <laughs> it's really gross. <laughs> so, what did you have? I have another. I have another kick in the okay, balls. Yeah, I like nominee. it. I like it. Uh, the punks for being such pussies. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay. Oh, and then oh, and then, uh, you know what? Actually, I have another kick to the balls too, but I didn't write it down. Is uh, uh, Julian the boxer? Yeah. For not uh, doing enough training. Uh, yeah. He gets kicked to the balls. Actually, <laughs> kicked to the face. All right, and then a six degrees. Uh, let's see, Tiffany Paulson. Played Susie. She was in Runaway Bride with Julia Roberts, who was in The Mexican with Brad Pitt, who was in Troy with Brian Cox, <laughs> who was in uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox with Willem Dafoe, who's in Spider Man, Bruce Campbell. Excellent. By the way, that joke is still really gross. <laughs> 
What's up, everybody? This is Bill. And this is Chris. From Outside the Cinema. We're here to give you the reasons why you should be listening to Outside the Cinema. One, we cover kick-ass movies. Two, we cover kick-ass movies. Okay, this isn't going to work if you continue this way. Oh, really? I'm not supposed to echo what you say? Three, I'm good-looking. Four, I would agree with that. And five, your life pretty much depends on it. This is Kane Hodder. Keep listening to Outside the Cinema, or I'll kill you. OutsideTheCinema.com. It's on the fucking internet. Outside the Cinema, your source for cult movie discussion.
All right, now for our final movie that we're going to be talking about today. Um, Jason Goes to Hell or Jason or Friday the 13th Part 9. kind of nice because it was it was kind of a departure but you know what this movie wasn't wasn't well received wasn't well liked right now it got it has a 4.0 are you kidding me? on imdb which which is kind of shocking this came out in 1993 so it was the first one that came out after the 80s and you can kind of tell the 90s uh, styles were showing up things like that but you know what i i really enjoyed this in fact i got a chance I watched this one time, and then I went back and watched the 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 movie again as I was putting notes together with the uh, commentary on. And the guys who do this commentary are freaking hilarious. Oh, really, because you could tell you could tell that they that if, first of all they made this movie when they were saying when they were twenty three or twenty four, so they were really young guys. And you can tell it was years later that they did this because you know they, they started making uh, comments like, "Wow." We obviously made this movie before we had kids because of you know. Uh-huh. For one instance, is they put a freaking baby in like a potato box. Oh and, yeah, right. You know, st- and just other things like that. But um, there, there is a apparently is a junk alert which I missed in this. What they did say in, in Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, there is yes, yeah. yes. But uh, one thing that they did say about that is uh, apparently the guy was like really excited to get naked about that in 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 this movie for that and. Uh, one of the things that the guy said in this is, uh, it's okay in a movie to show the pickle, as long as it's not an angry pickle. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So uh, apparently that was it, the funny. You also learned that uh, there are a lot of rules that they were given for this movie. For instance, there had to be a there had to be a, a death or boobs every seven minutes to keep everybody. And there were a couple times where they they kind of skipped it or went along without adding. Are something you like serious? That. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what they were talking about the whole time. But it's a definitely an excellent. Uh, uh, commentary that, you, that uh, if, if you haven't heard, if you've seen this before, I, I obviously you need to watch the movie to know what's going on, and then watch the commentary. Um, I usually don't get into commentaries, but uh, it's been suggested that maybe I check it out to get some more insight into the movie, and I'm really glad I did for this mm-hmm. one. Anyways, uh, it came out in 1993. It was directed by Adam Marcus, who is uh, mostly, most of his uh, credits on IMDb are as a writer. Um, it was written by him and uh, Jay Hugh- Hughley. Gosh dang, Hughley. Uh, the budget was $3 million. The gross was $16.9 million. Uh, starred Kane Hodder as Jason. Uh, all three of these were Kane Hodder. Uh, it starred John D. LeMay as Stephen Freeman. Carrie Keegan as Jessica Kimball. Stephen Williams as Creighton Duke, the biggest badass in the world. And Stephen Culp as Robert Campbell and Aaron Gray Miss Buck Rogers herself as Diane Kimball. 
Uh, Jason Voorhees, the living, breathing essence of evil, is back for one fierce final fling. How about that alliteration? Yeah. Tracked down and blown to bits by a special FBI task force, everybody now assumes that he's finally dead. But everybody assumes wrong. Jason has been reborn with the bone-chilling ability to assume the identity of anyone he touches. The terrifying truth is that he could be anywhere or anybody. In this shocking, blood-soaked finale to Jason Car- Jason's carnage, ridden, Jason's carnage-ridden terror, the horrible secret of his unstoppable killing instinct is finally revealed. This is obviously written before I was uh, say, the other ones came is, out. Yeah, this one was kind of a controversial one because up until this point, it had been Jason going around killing and he dies. This added a lot of backstory and mythos to the yeah. whole Jason. Uh, thing you know the whole right. the whole um, Friday the Thirteenth where Jason came from and you know it it doesn't really go into how it originally happened it just kind of talks about you know what he really his true nature and um, I can see where you can kind of be bummed thinking ah eh, it's just this you know this thing and this whole time it's been this kind of but I I don't know is on I think that pisses a lot of people off it didn't piss me off I thought that the movie was good. And the, um, the the extra story, the extra backstory, you can give, you can take it or leave it. Yeah. But it, you know, it was it had its good parts. But it well, was, it but was you, you needed it to make this movie, right? And, and and so you know what, that's fine. I it did that didn't bother. So me. most most of the movie is that Jason is actually not played by Kane Hodder. I mean, he's actually mm-hmm. different actors, and it was actually at the behest of Sean Cunningham. The, the you know the director of the original Friday the Thirteenth who produced this movie hmm. actually said get rid of the hockey mask you know oh. because he he wasn't he didn't he wasn't there for the inception of the hockey mask mm-hmm. it was the director in number three who say finally gave him this hockey mask and it just kind of stuck so I guess I guess I don't know if it was some kind of a resentment or anything like that but basically that's what it was oh interesting so and and this is this is probably a you know obviously a deeper story than than. Uh, some of the other ones, not only because instead of just killing, they'd kill and then switch bodies and then kill and then switch yeah. bodies, but you know, not a heck of a lot deeper, but it was still really, in my opinion, was good. Um, a couple of, uh, I, I'm looking over my notes. I took some notes for the thing. Well, you know, let's just go through the movie. Uh, there was just a lot of funny things that the director said and the writer said, uh, you know, during the, the commentary, um, and what you know? How I said earlier that uh, you know, they they look back at this and as they were watching it, they like see the kills and they're like, "Oh, what? That's terrible!" <laughs> so basically, one of the guys and there's a part where actually a, a demon runs up into a dead woman's womb. Yes. And at that point, he says, "This should not be called Jason Goes to Hell. This should be called the Director Goes to Hell." <laughs> but anyway, let's let's talk about about the uh, the plot of this uh, of this movie. Um, in the very beginning, this, I mean, it's, it has a kind of a great, uh, different, uh, you know, if not great, a different uh, beginning. Yeah. Uh, you know, it starts off normal enough where this hot lady is uh, going into the uh, cabin. It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere and decides to take a shower. You see some hot, hot body shots. And then, uh, of course, we don't know how it happened, but Jason has been revived and, and back at Crystal Lake. So who knows how that happened, but who gave who gives a shit? <laughs> Basically, he starts stalking this woman who is uh, actually has to run through the forest in the dark and uh, in her towel, which is shocking that it didn't fall off because yeah. 
Uh, apparently, it's a really strong, strong towel. I, I don't know what to tell you on that one. I was really hoping it would fall off. Well, I kept thinking because I had seen this. We saw this in the movie theater I don't back remember. in 1993. And uh, I, my recollection, because I haven't seen it since then, was that she was running naked through the forest. That would have kicked the ball. Yeah, and so then I, I kept thinking, well, the towel's got to fall off then because I'm pretty sure she was naked. It never happened. So obviously I misremembered. And then Sam's wife walks in and he looks up and gives him that same I just got caught masturbating look. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so it turns out, though, that her whole intention was to get Jason to follow her into a certain part of the forest where all these FBI agents are ready there to open fire on Jason. And it's funny because, you know, they're just shooting the shit out of him. And then somebody pulls up with a giant bazooka nuclear gun or something and just blows Jason to bits. And that's how the movie starts. Yeah. You know, basically the next scene kind of picks up in the, in the uh, taking the, the remains into the morgue where, you know, it's just, I mean, it's just parts. It's not... Uh, it's not a body. It's a head here, a rib cage there, this, that, and there. The funny thing is, is um, as the coroner is doing the the autopsy and he's recording himself, he's he's kind of being funny, you know. It's in my opinion, this guy dead as you know. Yeah, I, I can't remember right. what he said, but he was just being funny. Yeah. And uh, of course, that's uh, all the credits are rolling, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I was a little disappointed that he didn't eat a sandwich, but he did have a soda. Okay, yeah, she had something. <laughs> anyway, so it turns out, actually, that Jason is much more than just a maniacal killer. He is pure evil. Mm-hmm. The coroner takes out his heart, which is two sizes too big, is from what he says. So apparently Jason is not the Grinch. <laughs> but he's weighing it there. It's up there on the scale. He's looking at it, and all of a sudden he becomes entranced with this heart. The heart starts beating again, and... Um, it just takes him over, and he starts eating. Corner picks it up and just takes a couple of giant chunks out. Dude, of it. that was disturbing. Well, you know what the funny thing is, is in the theatrical version, you could only see like one or two chomps. In the version we watched, he went to town, yeah. eating and slurping, going the whole thing. Apparently, he almost threw up a couple of times, and and all this other. <laughs> which it was imagine. totally gross. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so basically, we find out that Jason has taken over this corner's body. The coroner leaves the uh, it leaves the the autopsy room and and there's a couple of security guards there. Actually, one being played by Kane Hodder. There's a couple of funny parts there because after he's after Jason's taken over the coroner's body, an assistant coroner comes in and starts like saying, "Yeah, we f you, Jason, yeah. mother effer, we're gonna." You know, I'm going to take a mango-sized crap on your face. <laughs> exactly. It, it, of course, Jason gets a little pissed off at that, so uh, he kills that guy in. Absolute great, spectacular some fashion. Of the, some of the great. gore in this movie, in oh the case, yeah, were freaking awesome. Yep. And and it's just all part of the fun. Uh, basically, as he's walking out, also there's a couple of security guards there. One being played by Kane Hodder. You know, he, Jason was just ready to walk out and not do anything, but uh, Kane said that uh, that he called Jason a pussy or something like yeah. that. So Jason comes back. Actually, we don't see him kill it. We just, there's like a, what was that show? Like unsolved mystery type yeah, of show that like comes that. on and shows the aftermath of it. Anyway, let's move on in, in the story. It was actually called American case files. Mm. Um, we find out that the host of American case files is actually married to, I don't know. No, is new she boyfriend. Married? Okay. Boyfriend. boyfriend to Jason's half-sister's daughter. 
Yeah. This this movie has a lot more to do with family. Anyway, basically, so what he, so what this guy wants to do is he wants to come to Crystal Lake and basically do an expose on the on the uh, the killings that are going on now because there's a whole new string of Jason style killings. Even though everybody still thinks he's dead, he wants to he wants to kind of use that to create a sensationalized story about what's going on at Crystal Lake because that's where all these deaths are going on. Uh, he takes his girlfriend and they're they're going to go show up there and they're and they're going to do a story. Basically, we get into the a series. Uh, you know, we, we of course we meet a few different characters. Who are some of the main characters we had? Um, you had uh, Diana, who Steve, who is uh, Aaron Gray, uh-huh. and then Steve and Jessica. Steve is Steven, the Stephen is the uh, the father of uh, the what was her name again? Let's see, I have Stephanie right is the baby. Stephanie, okay. And then Jessica is the oh all right it was it was uh, Jessica Kimball who is the who is the daughter of Jason's half sister. Then you have Joey B. She is the uh, Joey. She's the owner of the diner. Oh, <laughs> duh. And Pookie is her husband or something. Right, some, there, there's, some, there's some awesome stuff. <laughs> He's not a midget. Anyhow. During one of these, uh, before we get too far into it, during one of these American case files, we are intru- you know they're introduced to a guy named Creighton Duke, who is a bounty hunter who is basically just is being interviewed by the by the host of the, mm-hmm. the television show, basically saying, "Listen, Jason is not dead. This is Jason, and for a half a million dollars, I will come and kill him for you." You know. Anyway, so basically, we we get back with the main story back at uh, Camp Crystal Lake. Well, first of all. You know, like I said, we're introduced to some of these characters. Um, we also learned that uh, through after a couple of kills, that basically Jason can jump from body to body. Mm-hmm. For instance, he actually jumps into a deputy's body, and which leads which leads up to one of the most disturbing scenes in any movie. Kind of, I don't even know if we really need to go into it. It's so disturbing. Now they just they well, they shackle a naked dude up to the. Up to this thing, a little and bit shave of him. a little bit of a little S and M for Jason. Solid. <laughs> really Do a little weird. shaving for some. <laughs> Jason obviously does not like mustaches. Well, why? I don't Good for him, because, dude. Because first of all, J- uh, Jason, who's still the coroner, he decides to, to steal this guy. He kills his girlfriend, steals this guy, straps him to this table, and decides to shave him before. Well, that makes I mean, makes perfect sense. How? Because he's now going to French kiss that deputy. And you don't want hair going down your throat. You don't want to bump up against the like. You know, the fuzzy I, I didn't on the face. think about that. I was yeah. just a little disturbed because it doesn't. You gotta seem, have that area clean, dude. It doesn't seem like Jason's ever been that concerned with grooming himself in, in the past. He's gonna put his mouth on it. You gotta clean it. <laughs> anyway, it turns out that um, well, there's uh, first of all, we can't skip a scene. I almost skipped one of the best scenes of all time. As Stephen is driving da- is driving to Diane's house, they were actually going to meet at her house to talk about what what's going on. He comes across some campers. The campers are hitchhiking, and they and they, I don't really even know. I guess they just want to be around Camp Crystal Lake and do some camping. And oh, what what was it? Um, they have wanted some to promiscuous sex. They wanted to drink, have something. premarital sex, and not get brutally murdered right. or something like that. Anyways, well, a few of those things happened, but um, some of the best death scenes and some of the. That's where the junk alert happens. That's where the that's where the mushroom gets gets flashed right. on the screen. That's right. But uh, there's also a lot of uh, nudity in that scene. Yeah. And so basically, one of the best kills of all time, too. You know, let's leave it to the imagination. I like it. So Stephen shows up at Diane's house. Well, what's happened is Di- is Diane has Diana. It, sorry, Diana sorry. has already uh, has already been visited by 
Josh, who is this deputy, who is Jason. And, of course, he's there to kill her because, as we know, that uh, we, we learned that there's a couple of rules with the, with uh, how to, on how to kill Jason. No, I don't think we know that yet, do No, we, we do know that. Um, Because he, he learned that in jail. And he right, had, right. He you're, may, jail you're right. Maybe we don't know we that. Don't know but that let's, let's spill the beans anyways right. at this point. Um, <laughs> apparently since, uh, let's see, I have the rules here, uh, revealed by the bounty hunter. Through a Voorhees was Jason born, so two through one can he be reborn. So basically, he was there, and we don't know how exactly he's going to get reborn, but he, but he needs a Voorhees woman to do so. Um, but only by the hands of another member of the Voorhees family can Jason finally be destroyed. And of course, there's only three left, uh, Jessica, Diane, and the baby. Diana? Is it Diana? I Diana. have Diane. It is Diana. Anyways, up mine. Uh, but Steven shows up. After this, the deputy has is gone after Diana, and for so, but he he catches Josh, the, the, who he thinks is Josh, you know, try attacking Diana, and basically they end up uh, stabbing him with a with a poker, yeah, and with uh, a oh yeah, yeah with a fire right. with a fireplace yep. poker, and uh, I can't remember exactly what else. She gets stabbed with the uh, knife sharpener. Oh, that's right. She gets stabbed, and she actually ends up dying at this point. Yeah. Well, it, it also they they get into a little bit of a scuffle. J- uh, Jason, who is in the deputy's body, falls out of the window uh, as the police show up. Because the police show up actually because Diana was on a call with her daughter who was out of town, and then the daughter calls the police. So anyway, so everything makes sense. We're you know we're we're, we're not having any plot holes yet. Well, I don't even know if there's one. Anyhow, so basically, they we, we also find out about Jason's home because this is where the um, the deputy heads out to. I, am I getting too detailed here? Well, we've been going for a while, but I, <laughs> I mean, I'm following you right okay. along. Anyway, so they show up at, at uh, the Voorhees house, and inside the Voorhees house, we see um, the Necronomicon. Yeah, that was on. I asked. I was like, that is the it. actual Necronomicon. Is it really used in the Evil Dead? And you know what the funny thing is? Is apparently Sam Raimi said, "Yeah, go ahead and use it." You know, to these guys. And uh, but the guy who actually made it got a little pissed off that so they didn't ask him if they could use his prop. Doesn't matter. Anyways, oh, and also another prop from there. The yeah, skull. Sounds like Kevin Bacon. What a <laughs> bastard. The, the skull knife was actually used in this movie too. That was in Evil Dead. Oh really? Anyhow, real quick, I'm going to start. I'm going to start moving along here. Basically, Josh shows up there. the 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 host of the unsolved mystery type of show is there, kind of kind of rooting it out. What he does is he actually stole the body, uh, stole Diana's body, and hid it there just to kind of uh, spice up the the story a little bit. It's it's in the it's in the closet or mm-hmm. or whatever, but it ends up in the basement because Stephen, who's actually there checking everything out. Hides in the closet, and then he, he he falls through the floor, opening a hole to the basement. Anyway, so one of the best scenes of the movie is when Josh shows up, who's actually Jason. Sorry, I keep... Anyway, J, uh, Josh shows up and kills the this news guy. And uh, we find out, we, we end up seeing what happens to the bodies after the uh, transference has been made. Because Josh's awesome. body melts. That was awesome. And it's kick-ass. Yep. His jaw melts off, yeah. and it's it's all just sorts of gelatinous grossness. One thing comes to another, and, and, I, and I'm just going to skip over a lot of stuff here. 
there's a lot of there's there's a lot of comedy in this movie. There's a lot there's a lot of uh, great special effects. We end up at a final battle at this Jason after a lot of stuff has gone on after a lot of drama, you know between you know people thinking that uh, Stephen is crazy. He gets he actually gets um, accused of the murder of Diana because he was the only one there and Josh had already taken off by the time the police got there. So he got put in jail. Creighton Duke was in jail because of a, a previous uh, run-in that he had with the with the sheriff. You know, that's when we find out of the whole, the, mm-hmm. all the rules. And it's one of the most kind of gross scenes because for some reason, Creighton Duke is a masochist. And yeah. In order to get the, the information from him, uh, Creighton says that the price is to break fingers. And yeah. it's uh, just a really nasty scene. Anyhow, so it, it all ends up being uh, the big final showdown. And I don't know if you if we we should spoil this one because there's actually kind of a you know some things that go on. Uh, there, there's one kind of kind of thing that I was a little bit kind of bugged about. <laughs> but basically, Jason turns the heart turns into a, like a little oh, yeah, like a yeah. little midget lizard monster yeah, or something right. running around. Anyway, all in all, I think it was a it was a fun movie to watch. A little more intricate than. Than the other movies, but I mean, not not a whole hell of. Well, it was because they had to have that backstory. I mean, they had to go into the details of Jason's family, and and so you get, like you said, more of the mythos. Where the other ones are just straight up, he comes back to life, he kills a bunch of people. There's a tie to one of the chicks uh-huh. of some sort, and then she ends up killing him. Somewhere. You know what makes this movie for me over other Friday the Thirteenth movies is the fact that yeah, there are. Uh, well, first of all, and this isn't why I love it, but uh, there aren't just teenagers. There are some teenagers mm-hmm. in there, but these are these are all people who you know have their 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 whole life. They're just going about their business. They're not out there to party. Well, except for the three campers that we mentioned before. Um, one, but the thing that I really loved about this movie is that there were secondary characters, like for instance, the people who ran the diner. Um, you know, some of the people in the police station, uh, some of the townspeople. They were secondary characters, but they were interesting and they were funny. Yeah, right. You know, and it's I, I actually gave a shit about them. I guess is the difference between this, whereas in other ones you just kind of they show up, they get they all get killed, and you don't give a crap. Yeah, you know. Anyway, and so, this this is the first one that I saw. Oh, ever? Yeah, really. Yep. So this was the first one that I had seen, and so I remember thinking, Jason just got killed. What the. <laughs> what, what is the next hour and a half going to be about? Because he just got killed, right. and then it all kind of came into into play. But so this is what this is the first one I saw, and so I gauge everything else on this one, you know. So now it's it's funny uh, going back and seeing all the other ones how the story progresses to get to this <laughs> point. But I, I like this movie. I like I this, this one. Was, I thought this one was good. There were a couple of of things. I thought that it really held its own, and then right towards the end, like when uh, Steven is messing around with the deputy and they bonk heads and they start pulling guns, right. it kind of got a little bit over the top of some of the silly. I don't like well, that. Well, that was, I, like, I like humor, yeah. but that kind of stuff when it's like the physical bonk your head, pull your gun on sure. each other stuff, I, I just, I, I'm not a big fan of that stuff, mm-hmm. but and I did like to see that the Muppets made an appearance to take Jason down to hell. That was pretty solid. <laughs> that right was there. awesome. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't think this was an excellent, excellent movie, but I did like it. And also, like I said, watch. The, it's funny to listen to the guys' commentary on it because the whole time they're they're making fun of their own stuff. They're like, "That is awesome," you know, yeah. or, or you know, just all sorts of like kind of how we how we would like say what? Yeah, right. You know, they you know made a couple of jokes about how the dude was naked in the cold. About um, they made a lot of fun of Sean Cunningham. 
you know, just just you know, kind of the way he was about that. Um, well, did they say anything about uh, Tony the Wonder Wonder Llama? <laughs> oh, I forgot about Tony the Wonder Llama. <laughs> you know, the thing is, is, I mean, they told the backstory of that whole scene. It, again, we I don't want to go into it, but it was it's really a worthwhile commentary mm-hmm. on the movie. Um, anyway, I I give this one a buy. I give it a oh, damn it. Yeah, I beat you to it. <laughs> damn it. I give it a buy too, and I think a lot of people are gonna gonna wonder why we like this movie so much. Listen, it was funny. The gore was awesome. The story was a little. I mean, it, it was a little like what you know after after eight Jason movies, this is really what it is. You know, if you but if you look at it on its own, and and again, you can give it some passes. I I had a good time watching this. movie. You know what? And I wonder if it would be different if I watched. This one, then Jason X and Freddy vs. Jason. I wonder if I'd still give this a buy or if I'd give it a red box. Well, why? Because they're so much better. Well, yeah, because those ones are a lot. I mean, they're a lot better. But we're, I'm watching this on the tail end of seven and eight, so I, I'm I just That's it's true. just curious. I'm just curious. Could be. This is the best one of the three that I watched. Absolutely. So I thought it was good. Cool. All right, there was a junk alert. We know about that. There was 17 on the memory count. Yes. What did I learn? In some places, fingers can be used as currency. Yep. Which would be pretty gel. Uh, when sequels have to mix in long lost relatives, it's time to shut it down. And I think they got to that point. <laughs> you know, even even though that's the case, and that's one of the things that like that was a story that's like really wow. Yeah. That's kind of stretching it a little bit thin. But you know what? I didn't care. No, it I, was. I thought fine. it ended up being good. But I think that they knew that they were. In, I mean, they didn't know they were going to keep going with like Jason X and stuff like that. Right. But they you know, this they is the first. Uh, this is the first one that was. Uh, um, you know, done by New Line. So I mean, this mm. is this is why it was. I think it was so much different. Mm. And um, when did Jason X come out? Do you know? Jason X came out in the 2000s. Yeah, so, so it was like almost ten years later. Yeah, and I don't. And I don't know. I I don't know what was the impetus behind restarting everything again. But apparently, it was a paycheck. But I don't yeah. know. We'll talk about Jason X in a future episode. And then there was only one weird thing that happened, as far as like kind of like how the hell did that happen? Which was well, there was quite a few of those. But bonking heads makes your cheeks <laughs> fall off. Did you notice the, that? The power, the force. Yeah, because they well they just bonked the tops of their heads together and all of a sudden like their cheeks were gone. Like, it exploded <laughs> in bloodness. Yeah, that's funny. And then I have a who else said that? She's only your lady because she hasn't had a taste of the duke yet. You know what? If you're gonna say some joke about poop, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> that's a comment to the former boyfriends of two girls, one cup girls. <laughs> <laughs> freaking no oh, and then I have a kick to the balls Steven for wearing a letterman's jacket at age 29 yes 20 and he was really 29 when he was in this movie and he wore a damn letterman's jacket you know, did you which know? they didn't even do anything with high school I don't know why he, they even need to put that in there a uh, small town mentality maybe oh come on I don't know I'm, I haven't lived in a town that freaking small yeah that you would still want to wear your letterman's jacket this guy this guy did but he's my only kick to the balls in this one you know I have to give a kick to the balls to uh, to uh, can, can I give one to to uh, Jason himself for yeah. shaving that guy? <laughs> I did not like that. I didn't like that whole scene. Oh, they had him awesome. tied up, and he shaved. I don't. I, I'm thinking Jason gets a kick in the balls. I love it. I don't think he's going to win. I'm just saying that. Well, and we'll review these after we get done with this. We'll review all of them, so okay. that'll be good. Okay. Um, and then the the six degrees, uh, Rusty Schwimmer, who played Joey B. Was in uh, Runaway Jury with Jeremy Piven, who was in Kiss the Girls with Brian Cox, <laughs> who was in Match Point with Scarlett Johansson, who was in The Black Dahlia with Josh Hartnett, in The Virgin Suicides with Kirsten Dunst in Spider-Man with Bruce Campbell. That is, we uh, are so damn lucky he did Spider-Man. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. 
or else we wouldn't have even brought it up. <laughs> exactly. All right, so kick to the balls. So the nominations for me are uh, Dr. Cruz from number seven. Dr. Cruz. Uh, the Searchers from number seven who didn't find the dad's body. My, I also had that blonde yes. girl. Oh, that's right, Melissa, because she was a bitch. And Dr. Cruz was because he was living with the mom and didn't tap her. <laughs> you know, I yeah, I didn't write mine down. Well, that's right, I'll remember them, okay. too. And so then from Friday number eight, Uncle Charles uh, for the worst swim lessons ever, and you just had him for being a dink. And then you also had um, the guy the with guy the video camera, the video camera because he shot the dude, even though you could totally see it was the engineer <laughs> was guy. It. And then I had well, you uh, could totally see it wasn't Jason, even though they were thinking that that Swabby was uh, yeah. was the killer himself. Right. I don't know. I still give him the kick in the balls. Or, and, uh, yeah. And then I had Julian the boxer for not uh, not taking his conditioning seriously. Right. And then uh, Jason goes to hell. Just uh, Stephen for wearing his Letterman jacket at twenty nine, and you have Jason, Jason because himself. he shaved because he dude. took the time to to make the dude naked and shave him, and then once he entered his body, he had he got re- redressed. Well, I got a question about that. What? So he entered his body, but he was still chained up. That is a great freaking the, point. I mean, I'm sure he's strong enough to break him, but that's a great. Then point. he had to put his clothes on and shit. Why did he even take him off, dude? D- Okay, there you, that's why he gets my nomination. Yeah. So anyways, it's up to you. I Okay, so for a drum roll, please. <laughs> but yeah, don't, I don't do it. <laughs> I, oh, man, this is a tough one, but I think I'm going to have to give it to um, Rennie's uncle for being a stupid asshole and pushing <laughs> him into the, her into the lake. Okay, because, right. I mean, let, let's talk about some of the other guys. Uh, Dr. Cruz, who was probably my second one. He, you know, he was—he was just a greedy guy. He didn't really put anybody in—in in, you know, at risk of dying, right. necessarily. Right. Even though he's an idiot and ended up not being able to control. Uh, you know, some of the other ones were kind of just like. I—I I thought you were going to give it to Jason. After <laughs> I, after we had that thought about he he goes ahead and morphs into the dude and he's probably sitting there looking around like. Shit, I should have thought that one through. <laughs> no, I can't give it to Jason only because I I, he's Jason. I actually believe in Jason and I think he'll kill me <laughs> if he ever finds out. <laughs> no, I like it, dude. Cool. So so Uncle Charles for this episode. Yes. Kick to the balls to you, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. You got anything else? I don't think so. That was fun. <laughs> that, that was fun. Uh, I feel like I got a little winded on that last plot, but... Uh, hey, it's all right. Now people don't need to see the movie. It's cool. Oh, but this is the only one that I really want them to see. I know. Anyway, uh, so, as usual, um, I almost said we're going to put in a death scene here. Nope. No death uh, scene. Do we have any contests coming up? Well, we'll put the new... Uh, we'll put the new... Uh, what is Mike th- thinking? We up. need to start coming up with contests, because we got a lot of prizes to give out. Well, I was starting to do Six Degrees, but all the movies I've been watching lately have been really easy. But if I find one that's hard... We'll put it up. Well, and if we don't, if we, if you want to know, if we come up with anything before next episode, we'll definitely put it on cadaverlab.com and uh, mention it. But also, please remember to do your cadaver tracks. Uh, mail them to Ferguson at cadaverlab.com. You can contact Sam or me, um, Mike at cadaverlab.com or Sam at cadaverlab.com. Next episode. Next episode. We are, we, 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 you know, we thought, you know what we need to do? We need to become more responsible and know what we're doing a long time before we actually record. In honor of New Moon, which is coming out. Oh, we have just. No, we're not. Doing, I didn't even we're think of that until just we now. Thought. We're not doing what we thought. I, I just thought of that. No, dude, we have to do it because they were good movies. But that's not why we did it. I just thought of that just now. That's we, not. We're gonna. We're gonna do a totally unrelated to New Moon that's episode. Right. 
on werewolves. That's something we, that we we talked about Ginger Snaps, so that's basically the only werewolf movie. Yeah. You know, we haven't really done zombies or, or you know, some of the ma- major... We didn't do zombies. We did. We just did uh, Fulci movies or something. Oh, no, we did Fulci. Well, well, those had a lot of zombies. What is, and we also, Zombie 2, though, what was that from? We we reviewed that. That that must be what it was from, was that it was our Fulci episode. Yeah. Well, the other ones had zombies, too. Those were all just Fulci yeah, but zombies. Fulci, yeah, right. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're going to do werewolves. And the movies that we've chosen are American Werewolf in London. Um, I almost said American Werewolf in Paris. Have you seen that? I have not. That's a pile of shit. Is it? <laughs> yes. I haven't seen either one. I'm excited. Anyway, American Werewolf in London is awesome. Uh, we're going to do Silver Bullet and um, The Howling. Yeah. So we're, we're excited for that one. Uh, shoot us some voicemails. Uh, 206-339-2730. Uh, 206-339-2730. And I, that's it. That's all I got. What about Me you? Me too. All no. right. So I mean, from the Cadaver Lab, we will see you later. <laughs>